Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Final breath. 
folks, and thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the conservative conversation. And man, I tell you what, I really love that song. I know I used to just play just about half of it, but I just thought, you know what? Uh, it just gives me chills. I'm gonna keep. I'm just gonna keep this song going, and I hope the folks uh, like that as well. Uh, so I, I tell you what, I really do. I really do. Uh, Love that song. Uh, so anyway, tonight, uh, you know, another week of, of course, plenty to talk about, and uh, you know, some some good stuff, some not so good stuff. Uh, some things we're definitely going to talk. And it always amazes me how, while I'm working on the show, uh, when I have a certain topic, and then just things just happen to come into, <laughs> you know, in, into it uh, with with material. Uh, on, on what I want to talk about tonight, uh, you know, on that night. So uh, it's really neat how how some, how that comes together. Uh, like Kelly, I appreciate uh, you sending, and we'll be playing that audio uh, tonight. It's about 15 minutes, but you're you're, you're not going to feel it when you're listening to it. You're going to be like, oh, hey, that audio is over with already. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that good, um, and it's it's very. Uh, in line with what we're talking about tonight. So uh, thank you, Kelly, for bringing that uh, to my attention this evening. So we, I did have enough time um, to do that. Um, but, you know, uh, we'll start the show. Just uh, I like to do, you know, not bad news and then good. Uh, bad news is, as I, I know you've heard me mention uh, numerous times on the program, um, sometimes to get data about the coronavirus. You know, you know, we have our good friend Mike from Singapore, um, now, whereas uh, she doesn't come to the show, I do have someone who uh, gives me some information as well uh, from, you know, how things are going with the coronavirus, how they're handling it there in uh, the Philippines. And unfortunately, I found out just earlier this week that uh, a correspondent, her mother, suddenly passed away. Um, I think it was uh, just, you know, late last week is what I what, what I found out. And so, of course, we want to put, for those who are prayerful folk, uh, your prayers out to them and their family, uh, you know, so that, you know, they can, you know, get through it. Uh, they're of small means. So I do have a uh, a fundraiser I put out. My I think one of my first, maybe my second, I can't remember if it has it's been years uh, since I've done a GoFundMe for them um, to help pay for the uh, cremation costs. They, they got about a third of it. Uh, but the other need the other two thirds of which they took out a loan. But of course, as all loans are, they have to be paid back. And where it's different from here, you got a good amount of time. Uh, through my understanding of it, there um, you only have a few months uh, to pay that back. So I do have a GoFundMe. You can find it the link if you would like to uh, contribute. It'd be awesome. I'm going to uh, contribute, of course, myself. I've already had some, but that was off of what you'll see from the uh, GoFundMe. Um, you know, the you know, it's got a little description on there. She was 44 years old, uh, passed from complications from a horn or heart that was just recently discovered, uh, and then just passed away. They did a cremation. I mean, I tell you what, I've never – I've seen urns before, uh, but I've never seen remains in an urn until last night, actually. Uh, I was shown, you know, the little makeshift uh, memorial that they had um, – with some candles and Jesus pictures and things of that nature. And then the urn, but I guess it's tradition in, in, in their culture. I don't know, but the urn was actually did not have the top on. And, you know, so you see the, like the remains right in there, you know, from the, uh, from the urn. And I tell you what, 
I've always talked about getting cryogenically frozen and seeing it for multiple reasons. But seeing those remains, even though it's like like a brownish gray ash or whatever, a little pea, but um, it even confirmed more that I, that is there's no way I would ever want to do that. <laughs> like it's like your whole body, everything that is you body wise is like in this like one and a half foot, maybe one foot urn. It's like it's it's, it's like I, I know you were just I, I don't know I just that that just concrete to me that there's no way even if i don't i'm going to get frozen but even if something happened where i did um that would not be i you know uh, turn me into a stone or something but anyway i don't want to belabor the but yeah i mean any uh if you could share the link uh so that other folks might uh, find it within themselves to be able to contribute to help them out it's not a lot it's a lot uh, for them of course because you know again uh, she was the main uh, breadwinner because uh, the father was disabled and unable to work. Um, and so this was something that was kind of, you know, of course, sudden. You're, you know, pay, plan on passing away from something from your heart at, at 44 years old, uh, as she did. And so I just, you know, want to try to, you know, help out where else we can. Um, and, and the way there is, I think, like every U.S. dollar is like 48 uh, pesos or something like that. So it's like a thirty thousand dollar, not thirty thousand dollar, but thirty thousand pesos thing over there, where it's like six hundred dollars here. So I mean, as costs go and things of that nature, it's it's, it's really not a lot. Uh, um, so whatever little bit you know can build up. I also I already want to thank uh, Dr. Tolbert. Uh, he uh, was uh, kind enough uh, to uh, donate to it. So I want to thank you, uh, Dr. Tolbert, for doing that. Uh, so certainly really appreciate it. Uh, but anyway, I, again, I don't want to take up a lot of the show on that, um, but whatever folks can do, again, you can find it at the Bard's Logic Give page. I know I got some uh, tweaking to do on the on the website, uh, definitely some updates. I uh, usually just update the newsroom page the most because that's what the focus of what we do here for the show is. Um, again, you can go to the Give page there. I've had a number of different things on there throughout the eight years we've been doing the show. Um, but you'll find uh, you'll find a little description there. I, did, I wrote that up myself. Um, I'm not very good at these type of things. Um, I try not to be a very emotional person, so it's hard for me to put that out there in writing. Uh, so <laughs> I just, I just uh, on that. So uh, anyway, let's go ahead and go to the night. I do see some folks calling, but tonight we're gonna, our topic is you know making America great. It sounds like Trump is going to have that as his. Um, his logo, not logo, his mantra, I called it, again, and uh, <laughs> it was going to be, you know, keep America great, you know, when the first business was all going on, and now I, uh, I heard he's going he's to go back to make America great again, and I think it's uh, it's apropos, I, if I'm using the word correctly, uh, one of you more, uh, 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 what do I, uh, word am I looking for? I guess I'm just not good with words tonight for whatever reason, but anyway, um, Lost my train of thought. So anyway, yeah, I guess I'm a little distracted with with, with my friend. Uh, you know, the lost her mom. I lost my mom some years ago, and I know uh, the hurt that must be feeling now, uh, the missed times that you'll 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 have. So I guess it's kind of bringing things back because I was I was real close with my my mother as well. But again, that was a long time ago. But anyway, so we're going to talk about making America great. I think um, it's uh, appropriate for Trump to do that uh, because. It's going to take it again. I mean, he did it in three years, and I think it's going to be a good move for him uh, as a campaign slogan uh, because, I mean, what, are we going to trust Biden to do it? 
Are we going to trust, you know, Biden's running mate? Because let's be honest, if Biden was to get elected, remember, people are going to be voting for the vice president because he, he, won't, he won't make four years. I don't think he'd make one year. Now, I do got an article I'm going to read later who, guess whose name's popping up um, as a possible vice president pick. And, and I think, you know, and it's um, Michelle Obama. We got a little article uh, that I'll hopefully get to later. Um, as Because here's the thing, folks. If he was to get elected and she's his uh, uh, running mate, she will be president. And, and, and I don't know anything. I don't know any way, shape, or form that she's qualified. Biden might, is probably more qualified to be president of the United States, even in his current state, uh, than Michelle Obama is. Uh, now, of course, she'll bring a lot of excitement to the ticket. Oh, let's bring back – you know, because people still popularly like uh, – you know, even if they didn't like his policies, they still liked – uh, Obama, he's still a well, you know, well liked, and who knows? Maybe that's why another reason why he kept himself out of the spotlight because it might take away if his wife decides to get the VP. Now there is in the article where they're stating that she's like one of four uh, black females uh, that is on uh, Biden's shortlist, uh, which it would not surprise me if, if he does go that route because you know, seeing there's none that are qualified, but you know, you, you want to find, you know. That's that just how they 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 kind of roll. I mean, I know McCain tried to do do something like that with uh, you know, with Palin, but I think Palin actually did bring some gravitas to uh, his campaign. One is she brought the conservatives because she was certainly uh, Palin was certainly a known conservative, and plus uh, as a governor and as a governor, you know, on the border of Russia, you know, and what she's had to do with oil and things of that nature. I mean, she. She actually had more gravitas than I think a lot of folks uh, gave her credit for uh, when she was the VP. Uh, and so, anyway, that's not what this is about. But uh, let's go ahead. And I do got an audio. It's about 15 minutes. I'm not going to play it yet because we do have folks who'd like to chime in on tonight. So, again, and I, you know, I've got a couple articles as we do but um, about tonight. And so let's go ahead and bring in Joseph from uh, – the state of Hawaii. Who knows? Maybe one day they'll learn and it'll go red. But until that time, <laughs> well, let's. Uh, thanks for coming uh, to the show today, uh, Joseph. How are you? Uh, pleasure to be back on, uh, Robert. I hope you're doing well. Day number fifty-one of the national shutdown. But uh, oh, yeah. hanging in. The- I've lost track. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing a good job of trying to keep track because there's not much uh, much else to do. And in, in my case being that my job is furloughed, but, um, you know, a few, a few interesting revelations that, that did come out, uh, this week. Of course, we, we do have the, uh, uh, whole Tara Reid scandal with, uh, Joe Biden. You have, uh, most of the left-wing media, uh, trying to suppress that, uh, that back in 1993, uh, a staffer had, uh, had alleged that, uh, Joe Biden, um, uh, you know, uh, put it in the lightest terms, uh, did some sexual uh, misconduct uh, acts that were not uh, uh, mutual con- consent uh, with uh, uh, Tara Reid. And um, so interesting thing, uh, Al Sharpton is back on uh, MSNBC. I'm sure all our viewers will be so happy and elated for that. Uh, after the show's over, I'm going to go shoot some fireworks in celebration. For his uh, triumphant return. <laughs> there you go. Triumphant return. Uh, 
exactly. I mean, I love – it's a statistical tie, Robert, between uh, Chris Cuomo and Al Sharpton. They'll go down as the greatest uh, uh, news anchors in, uh, in, uh, in history. So uh, we shall see. Uh, just like Barack Obama will go down as the greatest president in the United States history. Then keep on telling yourself that. Uh, you're still living in a, uh, in, a, in a land of hysteria and uh, very delusional. But uh, he actually surprisingly grilled Joe Biden, and uh, which was surprising. I, I, I was shocked. My jaw dropped. And he actually said, you know, um, it has to be I, – I can't quote the exact lines, but more of the gist of – you know, um, we take sexual abuse as something very seriously, especially as Democrats. And the fact that you're you're not wanting to answer uh, any um, probing questions about it, uh, you know, makes me a little bit suspicious. And I'm like, oh, what the heck did I just hear? Am I hearing things or cabin fever or did he just really just say that? And then Joe Biden just stuttered and he stuttered and he stuttered and he stuttered and that was pretty much the end of the interview. But, no, I think Dems are really panicking because, uh, you know, uh, besides the the health problems of uh, Joe Biden, now they're realizing that the party that, that's always demonizing Republicans and uh, Brett Kavanaugh during the hearings, which they crucified him, uh, are always demeaning, uh, uh, you know, Republicans as, oh, they're the ones that, you know, uh, are, are the uh, sexual abusers and, you know, if, if God forbid a scandal comes out, they, they try to burn him at the stakes. Uh, and then the Dems say that, you know, a woman a woman's claim should always be heard. Right. Coming from Hillary Clinton, the person who endorsed Joe uh, Biden. She should know much about that. And so, no, I think they're also starting to realize that, you know, they're going to be viewed as uh, hypocrites. And uh, they are panicking. Now, you got some polls out that shows that Joe Biden is leading Donald Trump in the presidential election. May I remind you, those were the very same polls that on election day said that Donald Trump had a 7% chance of winning the presidency. So, um, yeah, I don't think I would trust those polls much whatsoever. But here's how I see it in a nutshell, and I don't want to take much time in the beginning segment, but... Here's how I see it. I really don't know what the, what the current situation is going to be uh, with the pandemic in November. I do know that the Democrats are sizing this because they want a new norm in the blue states. They want what uh, Governor Cuomo is calling, we want a new norm. And basically what that new norm means is they want to try to recreate American society the way they've always dreamt of and act like a police state where you have no freedom and you have no rights and everything is regulated and controlled by the politicians at the state level and the government level. I mean, they just love in this pandemic, to be very honest with you, which is really, really sad. They want to create a whole new society over here that fits all their narratives. But the problem is, um, sorry, Robert, the problem is, and I think we could get back to this later on the show, is now that I'm seeing more and more and more um, governors 
talking amongst those lines, I really do see that they are opening the door to a civil war. And in the, in the fact that the red states are, are doing everything in their power, and I'm very confident they will do everything in their power to make sure that at least in their states, their citizens will go back to the new norm, the way things were before. But the blue states are going to try to use this pandemic to recreate society. And that where we're going to come at a big influx. And last week, you didn't have many governors of these states talking this type of rhetoric. But now that I'm hearing it from this week's new revelations, it's kind of starting to paint the narrative of this is really where they're heading. If you hear what AOC said today about, uh, you know, this is a perfect moment to, you know, freeze rent, um, indefinitely and things of that nature, or even the mayor of Chicago having the temerity to go out there on the microphone a couple of days ago and said, if you do not take this stay-at-home order, if you choose to defy me, you will be in prison. You will pay the piper, which, by the way, she got a haircut a couple of weeks ago and said the same rules yeah. as the piper. Because, uh, oh, I'm a public figure, and, you know, I have to be hygienical, and I have to look good for appearances. So the sad part is, right now, the blue states, it's like we're living in a police state. And I'm not in a red state. Robert, I would trade places with you on any given day, and I never thought I would hear I would see the day that I would actually tell you I would trade uh, Hawaii, which is paradise, for um, Ohio. But you know what? Paradise is beautiful. But you take away the element of freedom not paradise anymore you take away that element is tyranny and in the blue states because i'm not lucky as you where i could speak from the perspective of the red states i'd do anything right now to be in a red state because i want my freedom robert i miss the way things were before i miss the regular normal and for the very first time in my life i feel like i'm not living in the united states of america 40 years of my life I feel like I'm living in a communist regime, and I will defer back to you, Robert. Thank you. Well, as red states go, if you had to pick between where I'm at and Florida, uh, I would pick Florida because right now our governor, Mike DeWine's almost as bad as the Democrats are. Um, not as. He's not as bad. I won't say that, but he's, he's, he's kind of, you know, he's, <laughs> he's, almost, he's almost as bad as the Democrats. So I'd say – you know, he's purple. How about that? Well, he's a rhino is what he is. Uh, and, you know, he, he is. He's just a rhino. <laughs> so, um, and, and actually, Ohio's more of a purple state than a red state. If you go by counties, like the county I read in, read in, live in, it's, it's a blue county. I mean, almost the entire city city council of the major city here is run from, it's exclusively by Democrats. And the county commission uh, and, and the county I live in is almost completely run by Democrats. Um, so now the a state is you know, the state, you know, is, is red when it comes, I guess, the national. But when it comes around here, our local politics are all blue. Now I live in a township, so we we have um, uh, we don't have like city council people. We have uh, I'm having a camera, I'm having a brain freeze on on what they're called, but um, but yeah, but we're, we're like. Uh, a suburb of Cincinnati. Uh, so, you know, our property taxes is, you know, by the county and then we don't do like city. 
um, property taxes, but our uh, the schools, the public schools where I live, are better than uh, the public schools, you know, rank wise. So the property taxes are higher because of that. But but still, um, I you know, but yeah. But anyway, but, so I'm not I'm not a big fan of Dewine. I'm, I'm really not. I'm not a fan of our, of our governor. He wasn't the per- he wasn't the the one I voted for in uh, in the primary. That's for certain. Now, of course, I was forced to vote for him in the general because I'm not I'm certainly not going to vote for a Democrat, you know. And um, and this and, and these just aren't the times to vote. I mean, I love third parties. I love alternate parties. I wish we could go somewhere, but these these just are not the times to go to uh, a third party. I mean, I've voted for third parties many a time, both presidential and local. But now it's just you know not the time to do it. Just they're they're so partisan now. Uh, they're so left leaning. That I mean, you can't even. It used to be where like, eh, you know, if a Democrat got elected, yeah, I mean, I really don't want a Democrat, and I don't like a Democrat to be elected. But it really didn't bother me that much, except you know. But now it's like, my man, if a Democrat gets elected, no way, <laughs> there's no way I get, you know, I, I would like that. So, but I'm gonna go ahead and uh, get Kelly. Uh, with the time ends, we'll get Kelly in, and then we do got other callers. I just push one on the number dial, we get you in. Um, then we'll get that, that audio clip um, uh, that you provided, Kelly. But thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hey, good, good, good. Um, just a couple updates from California before we get into the show. Danny Jones, uh, I wanted to share that video with everybody. It's fascinating and good. I figured somebody would be able to figure out that it's not just a virus. There's some other bigger plan, but here's... <laughs> Sorry. Here's California. Um, so Governor Newsom is not happy about uh, three northern California counties opening up. They're saying it's a big mistake for opening restaurants, gyms, salons, and spas. This is yesterday's news, but he's criticizing two northern California counties, defied his health guidelines, and began to reopen restaurant, dining rooms, gyms, hair salons, and shopping malls. Uh, they're making a big mistake. They're putting their public at risk. Uh, but this is Yuba and Sutter counties, which is near Sacramento. And uh, the populations of these, Yuba County has 72,000. Sutter has about 95,000. And combined, these two counties have a big 50 reported cases of COVID-19 and three deaths. But, of course, there's erroneously reporting deaths. Uh, the reports are coming out in false positive or if you have congestive heart failure and then you get corona and it exaggerates the problem, you know, they put it down as corona. Anyway, so there's another county that they did not point out, which was Modoc County. That's in the northeast corner of the state. I think they only have like 7,500 people. And so the supervisors of these counties are basically saying, you know, it's not so bad. Here in Siskiyou County, we've had five, a big five reported cases out of 45,000 people. No deaths, zero. And so um, some of the counties are saying, you know what, we're just going to do our own thing. We don't care. Um, so and, and you th- you, if you understand the north state, let's say north state, like north of Sacramento, kind of around Sacramento, all the way up, I mean, we'd be larger than some of the eastern states, many of the eastern states, if we had the state of Jefferson. But the mentality is a lot more conservative, uh, liberty-minded, a lot more liberty-minded, and uh, – so, yeah, there's there's some breakthroughs there, and I'm sure other states are going to start having other counties opening. Um, but 
some of these governors are like, oh, everybody's going to die. Like, Come on, people. Come on. So anyway, um, I just wanted to – that's California. Of course, I encourage people to watch their home states, their counties, get involved. Um, stay, keep, keep staying alert, alert. Keep staying alert, if you will. So anyway, with that, that's just a quick report, California. Um, back to you. Well, yeah, and I just read it. Um, just found something on Twitter here, and uh, let's see if it's, there's an article. Uh, ah, darn, I was hoping it was an article. Um, uh, let's see if I can find the original one. But uh, here it is. Yeah, this is um, which I'm kind of surprised NBC um, posted this, uh, and then we'll get to the audio. Um, says PA researcher on the verge of making a very significant virus finding shot to death. A Pennsylvania researcher was on the verge of making a very significant finding towards understanding the cellular mechanisms underlying COVID-19, his university said. It said a medical researcher said to be on the verge of a very significant coronavirus finding was found shot to death over the weekend in Pennsylvania, officials said. Being Lou, 37, a researcher at the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine, was found dead Saturday inside a home in Ross Township, north of Pittsburgh, the Allegheny County Medical Examiner said. He had been shot in the head and neck, the agency said. An hour after Lou's body was discovered, second person, Hal Gu, uh, 46, was found dead inside a car less than a mile away, the agency said. Ross Township Police Detective Sergeant Brian uh, Holcap told NBC News that the men knew each other. Uh, the men knew each other. Investigators believe Gu killed Lou before returning to his car, where he had died of self-inflicted gunshot wound. Authorities said are investigating uh, a motive. Bing was on the verge of making a very significant finding toward understanding the cellular mechanisms that underlie SARS-CoV-2 infection and the cellular basis of the following complications. Uh, the University of Pittsburgh said, we will make an effort to complete what he started, an effort to pay homage to his scientific excellence. So, now, I mean, I don't know much about him. Actually, I don't know anything about him. I don't know anything about the other guy, you know, why one would kill one and then the other. Uh, some people on Twitter, you know, are like, um, you know, thinking he was assassinated. Um, some are saying, eh, it's a murder-suicide. You know, it'll make it look like. Uh, murder, uh, suicide, it just seems kind of, you know, well, you know, here's another one. Here's another article. And I know I'm, I'm not really going off tangent because I really think this is, uh, I think it is relevant to what, what we're talking about because this, as, as you guys stated, I mean, this seems like it's just not about a virus anymore. And this is from Pittsburgh. It says, uh, coronavirus in Pittsburgh researcher killed in apparent murder-suicide was close to making a very significant finding related to COVID-19. It says, Ross Township, PA, a researcher killed in apparent murder-suicide was close to making a significant finding related to coronavirus, as Department of University of Pittsburgh said. Two shootings had happened over the weekend in Ross Township, and it appeared to be a murder-suicide, according to police. On May 2nd, police said 37-year-old uh, Bing Liu was found dead in his home on Elm Court from parrot gunshot wounds to his head, neck, and torso. Investigators say they now believe his death is a homicide. Uh, Liu was a research assistant professor at the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine, his department said on Monday. And then, you know, basically, I'm just trying to find something that's different uh, than the other things that uh, blah, 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 blah. I didn't really say blah, 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 but let's see. 
Yeah, it's it's that one. Yeah, that article pretty much mimicked <laughs> the first article. But uh, yeah, I do find it interesting um, that here you got you know these people. It, it sounds almost uh, Clinton-esque, uh, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, people just I don't know. Uh, it, it, the more I see this stuff, the more it makes me wonder. Uh, but anyway, before I uh, Go ahead and, and mute our mics and play the audio clip. As I said, it is about 15 minutes, but you won't know it uh, because, I mean, it's, it's really interesting stuff uh, that this guy's saying. And depending on, you know, how many more uh, your callers we get in, things of that nature, I may or may not play it again in the show. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but before that, anyone want to make comment, uh, first to Joseph and then Kelly, on, on those recent developments we just, you know, just brought up here? Um, I'm sorry. You go ahead, go ahead Kelly. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, to be honest, I don't have much of any uh, any comment. I'll okay. Well, back I to can, yeah, I kind of. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll wait till after the, after the video. Okay. And then uh, yeah, I've got here uh, bringing uh, bringing a boy from the chat. Uh, says, um, let's see. When did finding a vaccine may vaccine may want to kill yourself? Not much of a cure if you kill yourself. Okay. Well, he was murdered, and then the other guy killed himself. But that the, the, there's what they're still investigating. But there, why? Yeah, why would the guy kill him and then kill himself? And I don't know. Just again, it just smells kind of funny to me. But yeah, I'll go ahead and um, you know. Lo- uh, close our mics, and then I'm going to get the that audio again. It's, it's it's pretty fascinating stuff, so I really appreciate you bringing it to our attention, Kelly. We've watched this mystery of iniquity in our time for at least the last 100 years. Billionaire bankers and businessmen have been trying to sell the world on a one-world government. After World War One, they tried to establish the League of Nations, and that failed. And then after World War II, they established the United Nations and have dumped billions of dollars into it trying to build their new world order. And we're almost there. So do I think that the coronavirus is a sign of the end of the world? I don't think so. But I do think this COVID-19 is a drill. It's a simulation. It's a dress rehearsal, if you will, to work out the bugs and get all the nations prepared for this final world government. For the last three months, we've watched our globalist leaders manipulate us with the Marxist revolutionary technique known as the Hegelian dialectic. It's a very complicated philosophical thing, but it can actually be salted down to about three points, and that is called problem, reaction, solution. The way you change cultures is using problem, reaction, solution. So these globalists, they cause a problem, be it terrorism or pandemic or global warming or whatever they want to come up with. And then they wait for our reaction. Our reaction as people tends to be the same. Oh, no, we're all going to die. Somebody do something. And then they have the solution, a prepackaged, ready for us, usually involves more government control of our lives. So let's look at the timetable a little bit. Sometimes it gets blurred with our uh, 24-hour news cycles that go through. But let's look back at the timeline and see the changes that have occurred in the last couple of years that's brought about our current predicament, which for us, began on March 15th when President Trump declared a state of emergency for coronavirus. 
Three years ago, November the 8th, 2016, Donald Trump shocked the world by winning the presidency of the United States of America. He won this election by promising to make America great again, to put a stop to the globalist agenda, to close our borders, and to quit paying all the bills for United Nations and NATO. Also to stop uh, this man-made global climate change hoax and to stop the one-sided trade deals. He said, I want international trade, but it needs to be fair trade, not with America always being on the other end of the hook there. So once he started all this, immediately the globalist billionaire banking and business class turned on him. The press attacked him. Democrat politicians and never-Trump Republicans began trying to impeach him. That went on for about three years. And then once that failed, the next move was coronavirus. Now, in the past, it was usually David Rockefeller who was pulling the strings on, around the world on these globalist movements. But he died in March 2017. We never did think he would, but he died in March 2017 at 101 years old. And, of course, then there's George Soros. He always gets the blame. He's 90 years old. Right now, he's not having much to say, but he is heavily invested in pharmaceuticals. And so it appears that Bill Gates is taking the lead of this billionaire's club move toward a one-world order. Uh, one of the other elder statesmen of this bunch is Henry Kissinger, who is now 97 years old. And ever since I was a little kid, Henry Kissinger has been on the radio and on the TV talking about his new world order. Anyhow, he wrote an op-ed piece on April the 3rd rejoicing about how this new world order would lead us to how this coronavirus would lead us to this new world order. So he is so proud of Bill Gates, he said there. So apparently Bill Gates is the anointed one. He is one of the richest globalists today. He's co-founder of Microsoft, who is now working to give away his nearly $100 billion fortune through the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. His pet projects are population control and vaccinations. His father was a board member for the abortion provider Planned Parenthood, who helped young Bill understand as he grew up the need for global birth control to save the planet. Vaccinations, strangely, by Bill, are considered a subset of population control. Bill has this theory that if less babies died in infancy, then parents will want fewer children. And so he works all this population control and vaccinations through something called the Good Club. You can look it up on the Internet. The Good Club is made up of other globalist billionaires like George Soros, Warren Buffett, Oprah Winfrey, uh, the Rockefeller family, uh, the Ted Turner Foundation, etc. Two years ago, on January the 17th of 2017, at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, for those of you who are not aware of what goes on in Davos, Davos, they have this January meeting every year where 3,000 of the world's wealthiest people gather every year to figure out how to rule the world. Bill Gates, back in 2017, initiated a new working group called CEPI, the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations. It's a collaboration of the Gates Foundation, the governments of Norway, India, Japan, and Germany, and two big pharmaceutical companies called Inovio and Moderna. They also included DARPA, which is the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, also known as the mad scientist of the Department of Defense. It also included the Army, U.S. Army's Medical Research Institute of Infectious Diseases, that's the mad scientists of the Army, that work out of Fort Detrick, Maryland. This CEPI began working on the next epidemic in 2017. Also at Davos, Gates began working on a Netflix video called Pandemic. 
Now, as you all all know, I don't watch movies, but maybe I should have watched this one. It was released in November of last year. The plot of the movie was a coronavirus that originated in a wet market in China, leaving millions of people dead. Wow, what do you think? Is that a coincidence? Is Bill Gates a prophet? Or is it a plan? Last fall, October the 18th, 2019, there was a pandemic exercise called Event 201 at Johns Hopkins University. The exercise was conducted by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the World Economic Forum, and Michael Bloomberg's School of Public Health at Johns Hopkins University. And yes, that's the same Michael Bloomberg who just tried to run against, Bill, uh, against Donald Trump for President of the United States. The pandemic simulation predicted that the coronavirus would have the same kill rate as the Spanish flu of 1918, which caused around 65 million deaths worldwide in an 18-month period. It's also interesting to note that Dr. George Fugao, the director of the Chinese Centers for Disease Control, was involved in the simulation. At the same time, at the very same day, October the 18th and lasted through the 27th, the World Military Games were being held of all places in Wuhan, China. You had 10,000 athletes from 110 countries. Uh, the United States delegation was about 300 people. Two months later, January the 7th, China reports the coronavirus outbreak in Wuhan. January the 21st through the 24th was the 2020 annual World Economic Forum gathering in Davos. So the rich guys were back in Davos again in January of this year. And Bill Gates and his CPI, uh, CEPI that I just announced, they announced a coronavirus vaccine program with partnerships including Anovio and Moderna, and the United States National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Diseases, which is led by none other than Dr. Tony Fossey, who is now the chief medical advisor to President Trump, who you see on TV in these daily briefings that we're getting. He's an interesting character because he wrote in March in the prestigious New England Journal of Medicine that this coronavirus was going to be a nothing. It was going to be similar to the seasonal flu. But when he went, to tele went in front of the television cameras, he told American people this coronavirus is 10 times worse than the seasonal flu, may kill 2 million Americans if we do nothing. It still may kill 200,000 Americans even if we shut down the country and shelter in place. There's no known vaccine, he said, and it's going to take 12 to 18 months to get a vaccine even ready for trials. And of course, the question is, is, where did Dr. Fossey get all those numbers? Where did he get the model of the 2 million people and 200,000 people? Well, it turns out that came out of the University of Washington the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation, which is funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Before the thing was over in Switzerland, we had something going on at the United States Capitol. On January the 24th, the United States House of Representatives began drafting a coronavirus stimulus bill called the CARES Act. Yes, the money that you got this past week and deposited into your account actually started the legislative process on January the 24th, which as Americans, we didn't even know there was such a thing as a coronavirus until March, but somebody knew. So somebody in Congress knew it well enough to know that we were going to need relief, and they started a bill back on January the 24th. By the way, January the 24th is also the same time that the Senate was getting an ultra-secret briefing about this, and our new Senator, Kelly Loeffler, all of a sudden started having some changes made to her investment strategy on Wall Street. January the 30th, 
The United Nations World Health Organization officially, uh, officially launches a worldwide public health emergency for what they called a novel coronavirus. Even though at that time there was only 150 cases in the world, nevertheless, they knew it was going to be an emergency. By the way, novel means newly discovered, means never seen before, uh, means COVID-19 didn't just come crawling out of the woods. Kind of makes you wonder, where did it come from? January the 31st, President Trump orders a travel ban on anyone traveling from China. Four days later, January the 4th, the Centers for Disease Control decided not to use the World Health Organization's COVID-19 test kits. They didn't think they were good enough, that we had to come up with our own. So CDC made their own test and they were defective, had to pull them all off the market. CDC got out some new tests by the end of February, but then there were backlogs taking one to two weeks for people to find out whether they had it or not. By the way, you may not remember this about my resume, but before the Lord rearranged my life, I was planning on being a doctor. I was a pre-med major at the University of North Georgia, North Georgia College, majored in biology, minored in chemistry. So I went to the CDC website and looked at those test instructions, see what all was involved in doing a coronavirus test. And listen to this, this is a quote from the CDC website. A positive COVID-19 test does not rule out bacterial infections or co-infections with other viruses. Even COVID-19 may not even be the definite cause of the disease. Still, report all positive cases to CDC. Now, in layman terms, what that means is a patient may actually be sick with seasonal flu, or pneumonia, or PD, something else. Molecule of COVID-19 DNA in their swab of their throat or their nostrils, then you're going to report that to CDC as a positive case. Well, one of the things that does for you is it definitely pumps up the numbers to make sure that everything that happens out there in the medical field is a COVID-19 case. Well, anyway, uh, the next day, February the 5th, Donald Trump was acquitted on the charges of impeachment. So all this time, we've been watching news about this impeachment, and we knew nothing about this COVID-19 thing that was going on out there in the world. So March the 11th, the um, World Health Organization officially declared the COVID-19 a global pandemic. March the 14th, the Associated Press announced that volunteers in Seattle were given the COVID-19 vaccine. Wait a minute. That was made by Moderna, where we heard that name before, and it was approved by Dr. Fauci's National Institutes of Health. And wait a minute, that's less than two months. I thought Dr. Fauci earlier said it takes at least 12 or 18 months to get a vaccine ready for trials. So something's going on there. Anyhow, March 15th, President Trump declares a state of emergency in the United States for COVID-19. And that's when we begin the social distancing, setting six feet apart, standing six feet apart, no wait, no meetings with over 10 people. On March 31st, Bill Gates wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post saying the United States missed the opportunity to get ahead of the coronavirus. So we need to shut down the U.S. economy for at least 10 weeks, which would take us to the end of June. And a week earlier, Bill Gates did a TED Talk interview where he said that once people of the world learn to trust science to solve a pandemic, maybe they'll be ready to trust science to solve climate change. And it kind of makes you wonder, where are we going with this thing? And so now we've moved on in our television narrative. Now the narrative is, who done it? Where did this COVID-19 originate? 
Chinese leaders are saying that the United States military who attended the World Games in Wuhan released it as a bioweapon against China. American leaders are calling it the Wuhan virus and saying that the Chinese released it out of their virology lab in Wuhan in order to affect the world. The truth is probably up in there somewhere. But the trouble is, it's classified. And we will not know the truth for 40 years until it's declassified. And at that point, I will not care. Bottom line, this novel coronavirus, COVID-19, is a manufactured crisis designed to deceive people to accept a radically different world than you and I are used to living in. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't go out of here and misquote me. I'm not saying that people don't get sick with coronavirus. I'm not saying that they don't even die with it. The only thing I'm saying is according to the Centers for Disease Control who keep up with all these diseases, in an average year in the United States, there are 39 million cases of flu. 39, that's 10%. 39 million cases of flu. And between 30 and 60,000 people die. And I've been living on this planet for 63 years now, and we have never shut down the U.S. economy over that big of a threat and that many deaths. But here we are, for some reason, the powers that be have chosen to shut down America over COVID-19, which we've already said they're cooking the books on it. But right now, they've only got 70,000 cases against 39 million cases every year uh, between flu and COVID. And also today, they've got it jacked up to 35,000 deaths, but still that's considered a low flu year. So once again, why did we shut down the economy? I believe we are being deceived and manipulated. And the question is, is why are we being deceived and where are we going with this? Well, according to the prophet Daniel and the apostle Paul, the mystery of iniquity is already at work. We're watching people who have been deceived by Satan because they rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, folks. Um fascinating fascinating stuff um and then you know the 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 audio went on for another uh, 15 minutes um i didn't even listen to it i know he's going to get he's going to get some uh bible quotes and things of that nature for that but with bart's logic you know we, we'll just go with uh what he was pointing out and so kelly you're the one who brought that to my attention again i really thank you for that um so let's go ahead and and then uh, we'll, we'll bring that in hopefully in a little bit, bring it on, boy. But, Kelly, you you, you found that our, uh, audio and our video, rather, you can find it on YouTube. Uh, we'll see how long it lasts on YouTube the way I hear they've been acting. But, you know, give us more thoughts now. We'll bring it to Joseph. And then he mentioned earlier two things that I got a couple articles on tonight, and that is uh, DARPA. And we find some interesting thing that's uh, – that come out of DARPA, and then of course he talked about you know not finding the truth about the origins of uh, COVID-19, and we're also going to have an article here about what Nancy Pelosi is doing uh, to block getting that information. Of course, I, I believe all this is to somehow you know make things detrimental for for Trump to get reelected. But let's go ahead and bring it back over to you, Kelly. Go ahead. Yeah, I I um. Uh got referred this to me by a lady friend in Santa Cruz that uh, she doesn't post uh, Christian type stuff but I think she was stunned by the excellence in communication the pastor did his homework he's really on top of this because I've been wondering you know when is somebody going to put all this together somebody's going to put it together I don't have time 
but obviously uh, his pastor did. And uh, and I liked his timeline, the way he laid it out. Like, hey, 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 come on. You, you're having this drill back in October about a pandemic. You come out with a movie before that too? You know, and he asked the question, is he a prophet or was this planned? That's just brilliant. Um, well, not brilliant of the people to do this virus exaggerated, shut the country down. But his the, the pastor's statement was quite brilliant in his analysis. Is, is he a prophet or is it planned? Well, obviously, it's been looking like it's planned. And then you have Fauci. This is some more information I gathered today. And this is from Robert Kennedy Jr., Yes, the son of Robert Kennedy, the former attorney general. And uh, he's an attorney, Robert Kennedy Jr., and he's he's done a bunch of environmental things, but he sued and won against the CDC because the CDC was claiming that all vaccines are safe when they've never done uh, blind duplicates or placebos, all sorts of testing. They haven't done sufficient, adequate testing. And a bunch of mothers that got the vaccine, MMR or others, and then the, t- the kids turn off autistic, um, he he sued and he won because the statement from CDC, the doctors used to push the vaccines is, it's safe, it's safe, it's safe, it's safe, it's because we said so, it's safe. And yet you look on the warning labels of some of the packaging, it says may cause it autism. And there's been a phenomenal rise in autism. But so vaccines, I, I've been learning about, I've learned about uh, Len Horowitz was a dentist that uh, was wrote a book and explained. This is back in 1999. I began to learn I learned about the the terrible things of vaccines, particularly put in well they used to mercury, formaldehyde, which formaldehyde. If you remember formaldehyde from high school, you dissect a frog. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it makes the frog brain dead, but still heart beating and alive. So you can like you know do your little snip snip and see all the body parts. All right, so and it, it causes neurological damage. Mercury obviously does, and ethylene glycol, which is uh, antifreeze. Um, the old labels used to say on on the cans, um, "Danger to dogs and cats uh, will cause brain damage." And you want to put that in my body or in my kid's body? I don't think so. And uh, so this, um, the vaccines from from the victory, and, and there's about a two and a half hour. Um, I'm trying to remember the guy's name here. I'll look it up, up quick. But he's interviewing uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. about vaccines and his journey. He beat uh, he beat the CDC. And uh, but basically, they're just dangerous. And what happened to our freedom, by the way? And so, come to find <laughs> out from um, come to find out from um, Robert Kennedy Jr. Dr. Fauci, Fauci. Um, about 45 minutes into this video, it's called Valutainment. Um, I think it's an Israeli that interviews on really hard topics. And uh, in interviewing uh, Kennedy, Kennedy said about 45 minutes in, Dr. Fauci owns some of these vaccines. In other words, ton of money. Ton of money in vaccines. And when the government pays for them, it's even more ton of money. So Bill Gates and his benevolent foundation, um, you know, the, the Bill Gates Foundation to vaccinate the world. And there's uh, there's people in India that want to kill Bill Gates because a lot of kids were dying. Other problems, Africa, people were getting the vaccine and then they turned up sterile. 
Um, yeah, Bill Gates has been a big. Well, he's a big global. That. Well, Bill Gates. He, well, he, he wants population control, and I do see some other folks want to chime in. Uh, one of the new uh, area codes is seven seven zero. I will get you to the show. We got plenty of time. We got about two hours left in the program. Uh, I will be doing uh, getting into the green room just so I can uh, get your name. Uh, that'll be in a little bit. So if you hear the audio shut off for a little bit, it just be uh, get into the green room so I can uh, get your name. But I will get you into the show. That's Harry Coach seven seven zero. Go ahead, Kelly. So Bill Gates is uh, starts in his garage, a computer programmer, develops Windows, and then um, runs a big corporation. Yeah, I understand all the management skill, but all of a sudden he's an expert on vaccines. Really? <laughs> you know, George Soros wants to fund it too. And mandatory vaccines, oh, you can't go to school, you can't go to work, you can't go to college. I mean, what's next? You can't buy groceries without, uh, well, how are we going to track conveniently if somebody has a vaccine or not? Oh, we'll just put a little chip. Just a little, put a little chip in your arm, you know, that kind of stuff. And, oh, by the way, we'll just add digital banking. So, you know, <laughs> it's just, you know, I, I know the scriptures talk about this forecast. They predict it. And, um you know, it's like, here it is. Oh, wait, a quarter week for a day's labor. That's inflation, Revelation 6. But, you know, it's like it, – but when you see it, you know, when you see it um, kind of in your face and the attempts, I think the pastor nailed it. He said it's a trial run because once they have their trial run on this pandemic and this big scare, they're going to hire the powers that be, the deep state. They're going to hire a bunch of psychologists. And they'll do a bunch of studies. Okay, how did our trial run go? How did the American people subject themselves to, you know, a potential voluntary martial law? You know, and again, what happened to our freedoms? Isn't it my body? And hopefully the left will stand up because they keep saying, you know, it's a woman's body, a woman's right to choose. Well, please join us and not have forced vaccinations. Um, so anyway, I thought I'd just go ahead and let. Um, other people see what their thoughts are on the video. Yeah, I'll bring it to you, Joseph. Uh, looks like uh, our Georgia caller didn't. Uh, I, I'm starting to wonder if maybe it, it was somebody who just wanted to try to interrupt the show because when I told them I was going to get them into the show, um, get their name, they they pretty much dropped like right after I uh, said, "Oh, yeah, Simpson's here. I'll get your uh, I'll get your name, you know, so you know for the show and like." Moments after I, I, I said that, they they dropped the call. So I wonder if it could just be one of those people who are going to try to disrupt this. Because if it's somebody who actually wanted to say anything uh, that was contributory, uh, then, uh, you know, then they would have stayed on. Let's go ahead and bring it to Joseph. Then I get a couple articles I alluded to earlier about DARPA and, you know, something for DARPA and um, – <coughs> Excuse, excuse me, what Pelosi's doing, but also I see something, and this is something that's uh, important as well. I'm going to go off a little segue after after Joseph, but I, I just seen an article here on um, on Twitter, which is this is kind of disturbing to me. This is kind of makes me wonder about the Republicans sometimes. And of course, this is from the Washington Times, so we'll see what type of spin they put on it. But it says Republicans buck Trump, side with Democrats on aid for mismanaged cities and states. We'll we'll get that in a little bit, but let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Joseph. Thank you, uh, Robert. Uh, I You're welcome. I thought that was a brilliant. Um, I think it hit on a lot of valid points. Kudos to you, uh, Kelly. That was great for uh, really bringing that out. Uh, I agreed with a lot of points of it, and um, some points of it I don't agree 
with. Um, and I think that's why there's still so much confusion is just because there's just so much information as to, you know, where the virus came from. Was it an intentional on behalf of the Chinese government to inflict this virus? Uh, you know, what were the models and the numbers that initially um, initially uh, where Dr. Fauci initially, you know, first stated early on in, in, in the uh, in the even before it was a pandemic early on said that it wasn't a problem. It wasn't something to uh, take seriously COVID-19 and then completely capitulated uh, at the end of March and into April. So um I like a lot of what the video had to say, but unless there is a, a magic genie or unless Bill Gates can read minds, it is very coincidental, but there's no way anyone could have known that this virus was going to uh, take effect in Wuhan in December. No way anyone could have foreseen that. And, and until someone can bring me conclusive numbers or some conclusive data saying that, which, um, you know, I don't think anyone could have known. Coincidental? Yeah, it is really, really eerie. It is eerie um, that, you know, in November he came out with a series on Netflix called uh, Pandemic. Um, sure, go ahead, Kelly. Well, let me throw something out to you, okay? So there was a model that they were talking about in the University of Washington, funded by Gates, the model of how bad this would be. Okay? Now, how do you put a model together, a computer model, which, by the way, the federal government, the states, the counties, the cities, um, they were going off of this model of how many people were going to die. Now, to have any type of rapport, reputation, credibility, somebody has to spend months and months an enormous amount of data, a virologist who's an expert at epidemics. I mean, you, you don't just say, oh, here's the model. And the model was over-exaggerated, though, So, but they had to have credibility. So they had to prepare this model. They had to get working on it probably a month or two ahead of time. Um, or magically, maybe they were, oh, wait, who knew about this novel virus? They called it novel. Other viruses might be this. Other viruses might be that. But how did they get such a model together that was way off, by the way? World Net Daily did a report on this, and they were Democrat supporters, big time. They both gave to, gave to Hillary, the two main programmers, but there was a whole team of them putting this data together. They had donated to the Hillary Clinton campaign as well as the Democrat Party. So they over-exaggerated. I mean, the obvious over-exaggeration is, is like – but how do they even know – to put something together that fast, was it a mistake or was it well planned? Or how did they get how did they get to credibility? The, the feds, the state, the county, and the cities are listening to, the, to this computer model. And so I that, guess that's, that is a valid question, uh, Kelly, and I do agree with you on that. Uh, I I don't it, it, something of that magnitude would have taken months and months of research and data. You just don't you know compose a, a model overnight. Even if you're even if you're just you know composing something that's nefarious, it still takes some time to input the data in the computer, create the projections and and all the technology that goes behind that. Um, but what I'm saying is, unless Bill Gates 
is a double spy, I, I just don't see how that would be feasible, how he would have known or anyone would have known in, in a civilian position like Bill Gates or George Soros, how they could have known what China was, was keeping secret to the rest of the world in December. What I do think is when this came out, I think they intentionally skewed the numbers and the models to make it seem that this pandemic was going to be the equivalent of the Spanish flu or worse. And I, you know, as I stated on the show, I do think Donald Trump uh, over the past three years has made a lot of mistakes and not surrounding himself with the best people in which many times he's either had to fire them or they had to resign. Uh, uh, I, I do agree with the video that, yes, I mean, this is the perfect opportunity for George Soros and Bill Gates to finally use this pandemic to build a new world order and, and finally get what they're seeking. But I think you, I think Kelly and you and I would be on the same page after I make this comment, but you let me know because we're like-minded. But if that new world order meant that tomorrow, that new world order would demand that Bill Gates and George Soros would have to give 90% of their wealth to the lower class, how quickly would they want to get rid of that new world order? See, that's not the new world order they're designing. These uh, multi-billionaires are designing this new world order to protect their assets at the expense of everyone else's assets. That's the hypocrisy of it all. But what they don't realize is if they open up Pandora's box, well, you know what happens when you open up Pandora's box. Nine out of ten, that's the point of no return. You can't stop it. And if they really try to push this new world order through, yes, in the beginning they'll get paraded and, and they'll get revered by the left and everyone else who's always yearned for a new world order. But eventually, guess what? They're going to get the shaft. Because when people like AOC or, and Bernie Sanders are done with them, they're going to turn their backs on Bill Gates and now they're going to say, okay, new world order. Everyone has to give. Everyone has to pay their fair share. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know you were the pioneers and we appreciate that, but now we want you to liquidate 90% of your wealth, which would mean they'd be no longer multi-billionaires whatsoever. So that's the problem. They're so delusional. They're so out of touch with reality. They know what they're pursuing. They don't realize they're opening up Pandora's box that could take away everything they have. And that's the part that they're not going to tell you. They're not going to go out there and say, yeah, we're fighting for income inequality. But you never once hear them say, hey, let me give me 70% of my wealth in, in the name of income inequality. Or the celebrities, let me give 70% of my wealth in a, income inequality. You know, the biggest hypocrites of all of these people who want these new, new world order and the celebrities always demeaning uh, everyone else for not doing their fair share. But yet, if you have to ask them, oh, oh, oh no, we, we don't apply to that rule. Notice how for years uh, left think tanks have attacked billionaire donors for contributing to Republican campaigns, but not a word about George Soros contributing hundreds of millions to Democratic uh, candidates over the past 30, 40 years. Not a chirp. And I'll defer back to you, Kelly. What do you think? Well, you have some points of hypocrisy because in communist countries or socialist countries, um, the leaders are like, oh, let's get everybody together and share and da-da-da-da-da, and you know. And the end result, end of the day, 
It's uh, the leaders live in very, very wealthy palaces, et cetera, et cetera, and wealthy cars, big parties, whatever. They have an incredible lifestyle that everybody would want. In other words, socialism, the leaders, uh, we share what you have. I keep what I have. Bill Gates, Soros, Hollywood movie stars, et cetera, et cetera, they've already made their wealth. It's already went through the tax screen. You know, the government got its cut, and that's it. They stockpiled the money. They bought land. Who knows? They got their home on Malibu, you know, on the beach or Miami, whatever. And they've got investments that they'll make a ton of money, and they're set for life. It's not necessarily about money. It's about power. That's what Robert F. Kennedy, the attorney, said. Um, It's not about money. It's about power. Trump defunded the World Health Organization because the top guy is quite corrupt, not even a medical professional. And so Bill Gates decided to step in. And fund the World Health Organization. Continue on with their plans. Um, it's it's about power. I mean, once you have more money, you'll know what to do with. You can never spend in three lifetimes. Well, then it's power. It's obsessive. It's power. And they want to be worshipped. They want their ego fed. Oh, look at all these great, wonderful changes I did. And worship me, worship me, worship me. Look at me, look at me. This is what these because money doesn't satisfy. It never will. Helping others does. But that's what that's, they want the power so they can get their ego feed. This is what it's about, and it's nuts. And there's other spiritual elements that I don't have time to go into, but who in the world are they really worshiping? You know, uh, the God of heaven and earth that loves us or the, or the God of this world who also Satan wants worship. It's very deeply spiritual. I don't have time to go into it, but it, it's, it's mind-blowing. Um, you know, you, maybe somebody should ask me what's the ultimate conspiracy. That's for another show. But anyway, you know, the Bible already predicts it. But yeah, it, it's not about it's not about their wealth. It's about power. And these people are, I think, I want to say, empty vessels inside their heart. They got to figure out something else to uh, to do. Uh, I mean, if Bill Gates, if that's his thing, killing people with vaccines, well, pfft, you know, he had to go to jail. And anyway, but. I um, so I think we we well, yeah. That once their money goes through the tax system, they keep the rest, and they're not going to give their wealth to help the poor. If they will do that in the future, then why aren't they doing it now? I, mean, I, I get so tired of these. Oh, let's help socialism. Well, dude, I'll listen to you when you like take half your wealth and give it to the poor and help a local, local yeah. homeless shelter. You know, if you're not doing it now, you're not going to do it then. So it's not about money, it's about power. Oh, all right. Back to you, Joseph or Robert. Sure. And I agree with you on that. But without money, there can come power. You have to have uh, money to have power if history hasn't proven that. And if you look at the elitists like Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, uh, former Secretary of State John Kerry, uh, what do they all have in common? They have millions of dollars of wealth along with being in power for over 30 years. So what happens the day that, let's say hypothetically, the new world order comes uh, and Bill Gates no longer has money? Well, power only manifests from money. If you even look at dictatorships, what do they do when when they take over power? They seize and controls everyone else's wealth because they can, and that's what enables them to keep in power. So if they don't have the money aspect to it, 
very hard to have the resources to hold on to power. And so, once again, I don't think they know. They think they know what they're looking for. They think they know what they're seeking and what they're yearning. They really don't know until the day comes that uh, karma knocks on their door and the New World Order demands that they liquidate 90% of their assets and they're viewed as an existential threat and they're no longer in the food chain anymore and they're easily very just disposable. That's the New well, World Order that they're creating. Yeah, well, that's an interesting perspective, but you know, Obamacare, a bunch of corporations got exempt. <laughs> um, you know, so I mean, they've already got their money. I, I'm just, I'm just, and, but you do have a point there because once, let's suppose, let's suppose that they do get in power for a while. Okay, let's just let's just go down that road, this scenario. Okay, so they're in power for a while. People are not happy. People are not happy. So they vote these jokers out of office. Okay, let's say the vote. Okay, then we get back to a nor. More normal America, nor a more normal world like we used to have. The challenge, though, the deep state and people, Rockefeller, you've been a, what, a congressman for how long? They've already got their people in high positions of power, and they've had them in these positions for decades. Ron Paul came along. We finally, in the House, passed, let's audit the Fed. So the House passed it. They actually had two bills. One was like, um, 70 some percent approval and 75 percent went to the Senate. Nope, Senate Senate would not vote on it. Harry Reid, they would not vote on an audit of the Federal Reserve, a private corporation, no more federal than Federal Express. You look in the blue section of the phone book, you can't find the Federal Reserve number. How did it get blocked? Because the Federal Reserve people were in the Senate and they blocked it. So. What I'm excited about, though, is there's a ton of people, a ton of people waking up to the deep deep state, the powers that be, the New World Order. Um, A lot of people are waking up to it. And the more people wake up, the lesser the chance the New World Order is going to have for them to pull the trigger and make it happen because there's too many people awake now. I had an awakening in 97 when I read The Creature from Jekyll Island. Edward Griffin would talk about the Federal Reserve, and here's their plan. It's a new world order, and they want to control everything, and they want a bunch of us dead. And he had references like crazy. And back then, I'm like, wow, I meet a few people. Now, people, everybody, not everybody. I'm just running into people all over the place that have woken up, and it's really exciting. And so it's kind of like the bank robber theory where some guys plan to rob a bank in six months. All of a sudden, somebody finds out they bump their time schedule to three months. We're going to do it in three months, or we're never going to be able to do it. So <laughs> the American people, thanks to the Tea Party and other, you know, the Internet. Thank you, Al Gore, for inventing the Internet so people can learn what's really going on. People are waking up in mass, and we're finally getting more liberty-minded people aware of the big picture of what's really going on and what their plan is. But they have to use fear, panic, the Hegelian dialectic, uh, Cloward Piven. Glenn Beck went into that very extensively. You destroy a nation so you can build it back to socialism. By the way, socialism is the easiest way to take over a country for the New World Order. They don't care about socialism. They care about power. Uh, Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And, And I wanted to get your thought on this, Kelly, and thought on this, Robert, is that 
a lot of Americans do not support the New World Order, and they won't stand for it. And I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist and throw things out there and create fear. You know me. You know my character, guys. I've been on the show for years. But this is something that Robert has alluded to. The last time our country was in the greatest peril, similar to our country being at risk of being a completely transformed country, was the Civil War. And had the South successfully seceded, and won and prevailed over the Union, imagine how America would have been completely transformed forever in every way, shape, and form. A lot of us will never know that. It will always be of what could have been. And I think that for the second time in American history, we are at that point because you're going to have half of the country divided more than ever, that is saying, no, we want the old normal. We don't want globalism. We reject socialism. We reject communism. We reject the new world order. We want our country back. We want the home, uh, the land of the free, the home of the brave. We don't want this leftist agenda. And then you're going to have the half of the other countries saying, no, 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 we want the new norm. And eventually when those two collide, it's going to create another civil war because what other resort would there be? Because I'll tell you something. I don't condone violence in any way and I'm not saying that. I'm not saying go out there and do that but I'm saying until my last dying breath as an American patriot over my dead body and whatever I need to do to preserve my country, I will try but I may not succeed But until my last breath, I will make sure that this new norm does not become the norm. I want my country back. Donald Trump wants our country back. Hundreds of millions of Americans, even those who have been staunch progressives, have finally, like you said, Kelly, woken up. They're seeing the party for what it really is, and they don't like it. They're going to wake up, and at the end of the day, they're going to join the side of not right or left, but the side of I want the old America back. I don't want a new world order. This is not what I signed up for. I want our lives to go back to normal. And that's where we're going to be at that precipice again. And I think this is the second time in American history where we've been at that vulnerable point where if we win or lose, it could transform America either in the worst or the best way, just like it would have done so if the South would have been successful in the Civil War. And I'll go back to, I'll defer back to you, Robert. I'll defer back to you, Kelly. Thank you. Well, I just got a little thing to say on that. Because what, 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 a point that you made is I just like to say this, and I'll bring it over to you, Kelly, is that we will no longer be the free if we are no longer the brave. Go ahead, Kelly. The reason why America is under attack by the globalists is because we're a bastion of freedom and we have guns. And we have guns and they can't do their thing until they get our guns. Gee, what happened in Virginia? Well, they had this big rally. They were going to pass all sorts of gun laws and 20,000 people showed up. They didn't. 
Then the corona thing happened, and they passed it anyway. A little bit sneaky there. One In one state, they're like, oh, you know, we should think about gun confiscation in a time like this. Other states are like, hey, keep your guns. Please do, you know. What's going to happen if we end up going to, and it'll be some type of problem, reaction, solution situation, Hegelian dialectic. That's what it'll take for us to voluntarily give up our guns or what have you, or the states will say, we're taking your guns. People are going to move to other states. Texas will probably secede. If we go into some type of civil war, by the way, California has had, again, talks about seceding. Gavin Newsom basically said, well, we're a nation state and regarding trade. Oh, so you don't have to pay the tariffs anymore? Anyway, and there's really buddy-buddy with China. Um, and by the way, $1 billion is being sent on uh, hundreds of millions of masks for California. And could Newsom go to, let's say, uh, Minnesota 3M? No, he went to China. Anyway, there's some buddy-buddy weird stuff in the background with that. But if we end up going to some type of civil war, and it turns ugly, probably because of starvation or disease or something weird, people are going to move to other states. And then you'll see Texas probably seceding. Then goes Oklahoma, Kansas, et cetera, Missouri, um, maybe New Mexico, Arizona, Alabama, Georgia. States will secede. Um, so that's, that's what will probably happen if things get really ugly, you know, if we get another um, Obama or Bush or Clinton, Clinton tried to grab our guns, Prince versus U.S., thank you, Sheriff Mack and Sheriff Prince, uh, federal government, Clinton said, oh, yeah, grab your uh, – local law enforcement, go grab guns. And the uh, Supreme Court said you can't – the federal government cannot step into states like this and, and require this. Anyway, so you know these, these tricks have been tried before. George Bush Sr., we will have a New World Order, joint session of Congress. So you have New World Order presidents, Bush Sr., Clinton, Bush Jr., Obama, uh, Hillary tried, she didn't make it. See, Trump has done things that if you're a globalist, you don't do. You don't build a wall. You don't put tariffs on trade. You don't – if it was Hillary Clinton, oh, yeah, let's go ahead and let, let China continue to rape us, our technology – and other things, um, there's things that if Trump was a globalist, New World Order type, he would he would never do a bunch of the things he has done. So I guess there's some big hope there. And another trick that he might be doing, which I listened to, uh, Praying Medic, brilliant communication. And he basically said, look, here's what Trump keeps doing. Because when first when Trump hired Rince Priebus, I was furious. He was chief of staff. He picks the staff, and then Rincey was – I think he was fired or whatever. But what Trump does – and he's re- Trump's replaced a whole bunch of people in FBI and a bunch of – he's got to get his people in place to oppose the New World Order. Now, what Trump has been doing – what in the world is Fauci doing? Fauci was just backstabbing Trump on M- M- MSNBC. What is going on here? Trump took him aside in the next day. I said, you don't do that again. I am the president. You are not. You didn't get elected by the American people. Anyway, but Fauci, of course, he has – Ownership in vaccines, um, but what is Trump doing? Why does he keep? Do- well, this is one theory that Praying Medic put out and makes sense. He he gave he gave an example with a wall. So he campaigned Trump. I'm going to build a wall. So he gets elected, goes to Congress. They say, nope, okay, fine. I'm going to use military funding. But he did that to make the Democrats 
look like idiots to the American people. So then you have Fauci, and he keeps doing this where, okay, I'm going to put somebody up on stage. I'm going to let the American people see what idiots they are, and then I'm going to fire them. So then you have uh, – I'm going to turn it over to the governors. The governors make their decision. Okay, so these blue states that keep their states closed, and they're in economic collapse. Yeah, that was the blue states that went along with the fear, 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 fear. All right, so Fauci, why is Fauci up there? This is this is a theory of the praying medic. He said to let the world see what his real thinking is, and it's abhorrent to the American people. What I'm hoping Trump will do. Okay, you've had enough rope to hang yourself. You're fired. He gets a bunch of people in there, and then Trump and the CDC or the NIH. Um, they both do a whole bunch of studies and say <laughs> there was tremendously false reporting. And the media lied to you. And everybody's life is suffering because these people had an agenda to falsify and scare the American people. When he gets his right people, if Trump does this, I hope he does, he gets his right people and he exposes the lies. The American people are going to be furious with a lot of people, particularly Democrats. And then we could see not just a landslide for Trump, but we could see a landslide in Congress for the Republicans. I'm a libertarian, by the way, but Republicans don't like socialism. So it, it's all fascinating. Is Trump going to do this? How soon? When? If Fauci is fired, remember Comey? He let Comey go on and on, then he fired him. So it's going to be an interesting ride the next several months because Trump's got to pull some big plans soon. To win strongly the president and the House and the Senate. So I, I just thought I'd throw that, that potential out there and see what other people think. Well, Kelly, you know, I'm just, I'm, I was going through the, the, this, this Twitter stuff, and I tell you what, it is, it's just amazing. Like, like, like this person here, um, they're saying, uh, I, I don't get how people are not seeing really seeing what this really is, uh, and I blame the media. I blame the media. It's it's crazy what they've got, um, how they've got so many people. It's it's just, uh, it's unbelievable, uh, you know. You know what they when you know what what they've done. It's just crazy. But I do want to get to. Um, to these articles that you know talked about uh, earlier, and what the Democrats are, are, are trying to do, and uh, the first one is, and, and again earlier in that uh, that audio clip, um, we've got uh, they mentioned DARPA, and you have, you know money for DARPA. It says Dems deploying DARPA funded AI driven information warfare tool to target pro Trump accounts. It says, as anti-Trump Democratic-aligned political action committee advised by retired Army General Stanley McChrystal is planning to deploy an information warfare tool that reportedly received initial funding from the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency, DARPA, the Pentagon's secretive research arm, transforming technology originally envisioned as a way to fight ISIS propaganda into a campaign platform to benefit Joe Biden. The Washington Post first reported that the initiative, called the Fee Disinfo, 
will utilize artificial intelligence and network analysis to map discussion of the president's claims on social media and then attempt to, quote, intervene by identifying the most popular counter-narratives and boosting them through a network of more than 3.4 million influencers across the country, in some cases paying users with a large excuse me, large followers, users with large followings to take sides against the president. Social media guru Curtis uh, Hogland is heading up the disinfo, and he said he received the funding from DARPA when his work was, quote, part of an effort to combat extremism overseas. After this article was published, the Post updated the report to clarify that Hoogland was, quote, using open resource technology initially incubated uh, with funding from DARPA. The Post originally reported the initiative is run by Curtis Hoogland, who received initial funding from the technology from DARPA, <coughs> excuse me, the Pentagon's research arm as a part of an effort to combat extremism overseas, end quote. Hoagland explained in an interview with the Post that he was unhappy that top social media accounts often – and had effectively defended the president in recent days from claims that he suggested Americans eject themselves with disinfectant. Uh, the effort uh, raised the question of whether taxpayer funds are being repurposed for political means and whether social media platforms have rules in place that can stymie Hergert's efforts if he plays along. In a statement to Fox News that was posted on social media, DARPA, uh, DARPA flatly rejected the Post reporting and said Hogland was apparently misrepresenting the agency's work. Hogland's claim DARPA funded the technology at the heart of his political work is grossly misleading, DARPA retweeted. He advised briefly on ways to counter ISIS online. He was not consulted uh, to design AI or analysis tools, nor certainly anything remotely political. DARPA is strictly apolitical. Hogan had a tertiary consulting role advising an agency program on how to explore and better ways to counter Americans' adversaries online, a spokesman for DARPA separately told Fox News. He was not consulted for technical expertise designing artificial intelligence or networking anal analysis tools, nor certainly any research that was remotely political. Unequivocally, DARPA funding did not help advance the technology with which Hoagland now works, and many more uh, does this use any agency technology like the Internet or mobile phone. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, let's see. It says, meanwhile, a spokesperson for Facebook told Fox News that our policies require creators and publishers to tag business partners in their branded content posts where there is an exchange of value between a creator or publisher and a business partner. Politicians and PACs who are authorized under Facebook's policy entitled Ads About Social Issues, Elections, and Politics are allowed to use the site's branded contact tool, the spokesman added. The policy suggested that if Hoagland paid any influencers, the arrangement would be needed to be disclosed. As part of the authorization process for advertiser, Facebook says on its website that, quote, confirms their ID and allows them to disclose who is responsible for the ad and will appear on the ad itself. And then the article keeps going going on like that, but it would be surprising, and I think that's kind of what Google does. I mean, go ahead and try to find something 
that's positive, you know, about Trump on Google. Just, just try to do it. You, you can't. I mean, Google's good for about everything else except anything political or trying to find anything conservative. Because when you try, it just it's, you, you just can't. I mean, it's, it's buried or just doesn't exist. Well, the new the new battleground will be technology. Um, Technocracy Rising is a kind of a scary book. Um, we should get that guy on the show. But information is so key. And uh, one reason we have, well, arguments for going to 5G is so that our phones are more secure. They found out that the ZTE phone has a chip manufactured by China to spy on people. The ZTE phone was made by China. I actually had one. I'm like, what? i got to get rid of the thing right now. Um, so they like stealing wow. our technology. They'll just kind of research the U.S. patent office website. Oh, gee, what can we, what do the Americans make for us today? How do we reverse engineer it, manufacture it, sell it to America? So anyway, I mean, there's there's multiple fronts on America, and to protect our technology, and by the way, like the top number of, um, the greatest number of corporate espionage is Chinese, um, you know, they steal, they steal stuff, and then they go back to China. Anyway, oh, because they're so socially accepting and social justice anyway, um, but we have, to, we have to protect our technology, so do we do a 5G, do we not? But tech war and information is going to be the greatest tools for controlling people, how they vote, uh, influencing them. So, yeah, Google is like, I don't like Google. I really don't. Oh, we, you know, you, you want to add an app or something on your phone? Give permission to, for Google to access the files on your phone or your photos. or the, No, thanks. You're not getting my information. It's my, oh, well, do you have your rewards card with you? Uh, no, I like my privacy. Oh, well, we'll say 5%. See how valuable information is? I met somebody that made a ton of money uh, when some of these debit cards came out and, uh, and these rewards cards that you swipe, and he wrote the software and other stuff. The money was not in in the hardware device, the hardware. The money wasn't there. The money was in the information. He made a ton of money on that. So, yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting times up I mean, I, I, I would encourage people to guard their privacy however they can. Uh, yeah, I've heard it. Uh, go, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, no, absolutely, Kerry. Uh, um, Kelly uh, drives on the uh, the dagger. Absolutely couldn't agree with him anymore. What, what worries me is, where are we going to be at in November? Um, you know, Trump has a very, very good chance of getting reelected. I don't see how the Dems can, but where exactly, you know, GDP-wise, quarter-wise, uh, economy-wise, the divisiveness, how divided are we going to be? Like, where will we be in November? And I, I think the only way we'll find out is, is, you know, we have no other choice day by day. And that's kind of what, what also adds to the angst of many Americans like myself is the uncertainty. 
Where will we be in November? How much progress will we make? Or how much more negative damage will be impacted upon our country? I, I don't know. So that's that's kind of up in the air. And um, uh, I guess we'll see. Only time will tell. Well, I'll tell you what. One, one thing that's encouraging for me, and then I'm, then I'm going to get the – uh, the next article here, and uh, what's encouraging to me is uh, we've been doing this for what six of mentioned like fifty one days uh for the lockdown, and yeah certainly it, it, it and it has uh been effect that's a discouraging thing and how it is affecting uh affecting folks you know like your um you know like yourself. Uh, and others, uh, Joseph, and you know, not just here in the United States. You know, definitely, you know, you know, all across the world. An example in the beginning of the, of the show. Now, while my, you know, of course, to some other didn't, you know, pass from from COVID. Certainly, it was from you know that 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 hole that they they found in her heart recently, and complications from that. Um, but they're already, you know, her and, and and please, if you have an opportunity to. I put on there. I read it, so I'm not the most poetic person. So, uh, but you know, any bit uh, will help. So, if you can spread the the word out to folks and, and share the link, uh, for and that's I think it's one of my very first uh, GoFundMe because I normally just try to do you know things and stuff. I know I tried to do something a couple of years ago, um, but I don't think I did a, a, a GoFundMe. I think I just had it through. But anyway, uh, if you can, uh, it'd be greatly appreciated, whatever it could be. But so it's, it's definitely hurting a lot of people. But what's giving me hope is, you know, already seeing this 51 days, and that's a long time. It's a month and a half, um, or a month and three weeks, rather. Uh, but people are, like, getting out to the streets already. And we need a lot more people uh, than there are now getting out to the streets. Okay. Uh, so. But 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 it's starting, and there's enough people out there to to make it to the news. Now, so that's encouraging. Now, what's not encouraging is I was watching Hannity the other night. Maybe it was, it was the night before last, where there was people who were out there protesting in long guns, and he actually had a problem with it. And I'm like, no, the people, the we the people, have to show. Like we shouldn't try to intimidate, you know, our, our officials like that. Blah blah blah. It's like, no, it's good for the it's good for the government to be intimidated by them. It's what we want. Is it better for the people to be intimidated by the government, or is it better for the government to be intimidated by its people? It's. I would rather the government be int- intimidated by its people, you know, than the other way around. I mean, which I well, find, I, uh, you know. Go ahead, Kelly. Yeah. Thomas Jefferson, I believe it was Thomas Jefferson, wrote, When the people fear their government, there is tyranny. When the government fears the people, there is liberty. Yeah, certainly. And, and that's how you and that's how you want it to be. And, you know, that's why I seen a post the other day on, on Twitter where someone, you know, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, uh, where they said uh, – you know, something like uh, a mask isn't show of uh, something like wearing a mask doesn't show you're protective. It's showing your uh, it's showing your submission or something like that. Um, that someone put on there. I'm like, yeah, that that kind of sums it up. You know, and frankly, I haven't worn a mask anywhere that I've gone. Um, if I go to the grocery store, if I go to Home Depot, which actually is the only two places I go, um, I don't wear a mask. 
uh, you're not mandated. Like people look, some people look at you like, why aren't you wearing a mask? But you know what? I'm not sick. I don't gotta, you know. I got some throat. That's why you've been hearing me cough. I do have. Uh, I think I've. I haven't seen a doctor yet because I can't. It's not an emergency, but I've done some research, uh, and I think I got some throat strain going on because I literally talk 12 hours a day. <laughs> so <laughs> through work and then with the show and then conference calls and things of that nature, I know my voice box is moving at least 12 hours a day, and I'm talking like straight <laughs> talking. You know, like yesterday I worked. 13 hours yesterday, and, and I, I talk for a living. Uh, go figure, right? And so, <laughs> and so, you know, you're talking 13 hours a day. You're like, ah, oh. <laughs> starts to get to after a while, um, especially when it's been 10 months since I've had a vacation. But anyway, um, so, I mean, so that's good. you give me hope. I would love to see even more people out to the streets, um, you know, to protest and say, look, we, we can't do this. I mean, then you got people who, if it was up to the Democrats, you know, that, as you said, uh, Joseph. I mean, they they want they want this to linger on until November because the longer this linger, lingers on, the more they believe it's going to hurt Trump. It's going to hurt his reelection. And you know, I don't. I mean, it may be true, but I mean, I think that if it does go on, I think, uh, and, and I, as much as I think the Democrats have been wrong, especially since Trump has been elected, is I think they're so afflicted with Trump derangement syndrome that they're not even thinking because they think that the people will start blaming Trump, you know, for the economy and this and that. But, you know, I think he made a good move where he's like, look, I'm just going to leave it up to the states. You know, first, you know, he's like, oh, I got control. But who knows, that might have been a setup mechanism. You know what? Think about it. Think about it, you know, that when everyone was blasting Trump by, you know, being like, oh, ha, ha, Trump back, you know, Trump uh, uh, backwalked it. You know, when he's like, well, I got control. They, I could, you know, they could do what, I, do what I have to say or something like that. Like, uh-uh, uh-uh, it's up to the states. It's up to the states to decide. So he might have been setting that up, knowing that the Democrats uh, – and the Democrats' governors and the media and be like, Trump said that he's got control, that he could do it. No, no, it's the states. It's the states. And Trump would be like, yeah, okay, it's the states. And now the states are like, crap, crap. Now he did put it in our hands. <laughs> I think he might have set him up because now they're like, oh, crap, it. now it is in our hands. So when things, when the shit hits the fan, so to speak, in these, in these like New York and these Democratic places, and they're not allowing people to open up, it's, it's not going to be the president people are pissed off at. The people are going to get pissed off at the government and say, look, as you pointed out, Joseph, we need to work. You know, we're, we're not a country. And then here's the thing is you hear all these people who are having a hard time getting unemployment. They're having a hard time getting these, uh, these, uh, these checks. You know, they're having a hard time getting, getting this stuff. And it's like if this coronavirus has shown anything, is that how you can't rely on the government to pay your bills and and to provide for your family? You just can't. You can't. You can't rely on the government to do that. You know. So you know. I think that's that's one thing that's proven. Now, another article I want to get to um, before we get to Bard's Logic After Dark um, is uh, let's see. Let me pull it up. And they, of course, this is on the uh, the Bard's Logic newsroom. And you can go to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, and you can go to the Bards Logic newsroom, and you can get you know all the different articles, and then uh, you know they get some photos here. We also have 
uh, you know, some, some videos. And, of course, also, since I'm mentioning the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, you'll also see uh, on my GIF page or the GIF page of the there, you will have that link uh, for you know, can help out for them to pay that loan back for their, their cremation for their mom. So, you know, whether you're listening live or listening to the podcast, if you know if anything you can give to help out the family, you're you're not just helping them, you're you're helping me out as well because I really want to be able to do something you know for their family, uh, especially in these you know these times. She was the the breadwinner in their family because you know dad's disabled, um, and you know it's got the the two kids. So they're they're older, um, but you know still, I mean, in that culture, the families you know help out each other a lot, um, you know financially and things of that nature. So. Yeah, if you guys help them, you're you're helping me too to be able to do something I really would like to do. Uh, but this article again um, from the Bard's Logic newsroom, and there's a button there, so I'm, it, it made it convenient. It's uh, Pelosi blocking. We talked about this about getting information out. Is uh, Nancy Pelosi blocking investigation uh, into Chinese coronavirus origins? Tax money to Wuhan lab. It says Representative Guy Rauschenthaler. Uh, told Breitbart News this weekend that House Speaker Pelosi would rather investigate – that's funny. I just said this on Twitter not that long ago that the, uh, I put a post out there that says, you know, the, the Schumer, uh, Adam Schiff, and Pelosi are the three most despicable politicians right now because they'd rather spend the time investigating Trump instead of investigating the enemies or the possibility of the enemies of, of the United States. Or at least to find out what's going on with coronavirus. Um, but anyway, it says uh, would rather investigate President Donald Trump again than focus on the actual origins of the Chinese coronavirus and U.S. tax dollars that went to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, from which intelligence officials increasingly believed the virus leaked. Appearing on Breitbart News Saturdays on Sirius XM 125, the Patriot Channel. Rossenthaler discussed his efforts to investigate tax dollars that flowed through a New York firm to the Wuhan lab. He said that Pelosi and House Democrats are not interested in holding the Chinese communists accountable and instead want to focus their oversight efforts on politically harming President Trump, again, just like they tried and failed with the partisan impeachment last year, early this, last year and earlier this year. What uh, what should have an investigative body looking at these grants, but Nancy Pelosi is not doing that, Ressler said. So you have myself and House Republicans <clears> – <throat> so you have myself and House Republicans. I can tell you that I'm going to continue to look into these grants. I'm going to continue to look into the Department of Homeland Security as well to see what grants are going from there to China. I'm also looking at defunding the World Health Organization, and we can talk about that as well. But the bottom line of the Democrats' behavior is this. They hate this president so badly that they would rather side with the Chinese Communist Party than defend Americans and defend our spending and spend wisely and just be honest. That is their hatred for President Trump and the disdain for President Trump's reporters. Wrote a letter this week to Secretary of Defense Mark Esper inquiring about a Pentagon grant to EcoHealth Alliance Inc., a New York firm that had a history of funding the Wuhan Institute of Virology. 
with subgrants from American taxpayers. The Pentagon grant uh, the congressman was inquiring about was for research research into bat-borne zoonotic disease and their potential as weapons of mass destruction or biological weapons. While it is unclear if that grant saw U.S. taxpayers' money flowing from it out to Wuhan Lab, it is known that another grant that EcoHealth Alliance received did partially spend U.S. tax dollars in the Chinese lab. The grant from the – this is, organization is going to sound familiar to you – the National Institute of Health, in particular the National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases, run by the now famous Dr. Anthony Fauci. Hmm, followed that, folks. Uh, saw U.S. tax dollars sent to EcoHealth Alliance for researching coronaviruses from bats f- uh, flow out to the Chinese lab in Wuhan. Some of the money went to other labs around the world, too. An NIH official confirmed to Breitbart News last week, but the NIH was so concerned about the money and this lab in Wuhan that the government noticed or notified Eco Health Alliance that it would be investigated, investigating the matter, and that any funds to the Wuhan lab must be halted while the investment. And there's more on the article; you can read more to that. Um, and so we'll go down to where it talks about you know Nancy Pelosi it says the members Pelosi named to the committee last week are highly partisan Democrats. First and foremost, Pelosi named House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn. Uh, the Democrat who publicly mused that the chaos of the pandemic provided Democrats an opportunity to remake America in their vision, to chair it. So think about it. The guy who wants to use this, quote-unquote, pandemic, this crisis, and use it the opportunity to remake America is now the chair, you know, you know of this subcommittee, you know, this, uh, this committee. Uh, I guess it was in the. I guess you know. I apologize, folks. I must have missed because uh, I did skip over some paragraphs about the about the committee they're talking about. So, yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Robert, I hope you're not having a bite. Oh, yeah. There it is. It's a there. It's a real quick. Uh, it's a select committee to investigate the Trump administration's handling of the coronavirus pandemic. Go ahead, Joseph. Oh, no, I just said I hope you were not having a Biden uh, brain freeze there over there for a second, but uh, you came back. To the <laughs> now, I was, looking, I was looking for the committee. Yeah, so here they are. They're making a committee to investigate the Trump administration's handling of the coronavirus, and the person to chair that committee is the same person who's trying to use the coronavirus to remake America and their vision. It says, then she named several other directly involved in the failed effort to impeach Trump, including House Oversight Committee Chairwoman Carolyn Maloney and House Financial Services Committee Chairwoman Maxine Waters. Uh, Maloney and Waters chaired two of the committees that were involved in the partisan impeachment inquiry of Trump. I mean, if this is not so obvious, what these people are trying to do and what these people are responsible for, you know – it's just, it's, I, I don't see how people – well, I know how people do it. It's the media. You know, and I, I put out a tweet last night uh, to folks, you know, because I, I do – I follow a lot of liberals and stuff. 
a lot of liberal politicians. And I put out on Twitter last night, um, you know, if you didn't listen or read anything from the media, tell me why you hate Trump and how it affect, how it ne- how the Trump administration negatively affected your life. Because you know, if you say that, you know, if you're asking, well, how? Did, oh, well, he's doing this, this, this. And he's making me uh, anxious about this, this, and whatever. It's like, no. I mean, how is your life actually negatively affected from Trump being president? And a bed that, and you know what? No one, no one, no one responded. They got no responses from that. But anyway, <sighs> so look, think that's uh, you know what the Democrats you know are up to. Uh, when it comes to using uh, the coronavirus. And, of course, you know, um, so instead of her investigating, you know, China, yeah, she, she wants to investigate Trump instead. I mean, it's, it's just, just the same thing over and over again. Absolutely, Robert. And, and, and forgive me, but why do I keep on bringing up the Nazi uh, era, the, uh, the Third Reich? Uh, why do I keep on using examples of of uh, how they seized control and commi- uh, exterminated over six million uh, Jews and uh, committed uh, genocide? Um, because it's so similar to what's going on in only the thought process of the Democrats. Because the the Nazis and Hitler was so influential, he actually convinced the German people to rise up against the Jews, that they were the vermin, uh, that they needed to be exterminated. And people fell in love with, with that, and they believed that. But any rational person wouldn't believe that. And, you, and, and that was causing a lot of panic amongst the countries in Europe, especially uh, Great Britain and, and France because they realized, oh, what's, what's going on in Nazi Germany? And this was before they declared war in Germany is, is, is really, really bad. This is, a, this is a horrible situation. You had a lot of German Jews who fled in the early 1930s uh, when Hitler rose to power uh, to France to only later be occupied by uh, and also exterminated in the extermination camps uh, when they occupied um, and conquered uh, Paris in 1940, May of 1940. So what what really propelled the, the the German people in this belief and support of the Third Reich was they really believed it. It's not that they pretended to believe it. It wasn't that Hitler or or uh, the head of the SS Himmler or the propaganda ministry Joseph Goebbels. It wasn't like they were trying to convince people to believe it. No, they really believed it in their minds and all their hearts. And that's what made them 10 times dangerous. But without realizing what were the ramifications in the end of their belief, World War II killed over 50 million people and left Germany in ashes, in rubble. And they were never the same before. And it allowed the Soviets to take over Eastern Europe. And then it allowed the Americans to take over Western Europe, and that eventually led to the, to the Cold War and the Berlin Wall and all the aftermath. Is if the German people would have known that Hitler was going to bring him into ruins, they would have not followed. But he was able to convince them that, no, 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 
us doing this actions against the Jews and, and restoring the fatherland and restoring our military and creating a better society for the Aryan race is the right way. Well, they believed it to be so. So the Democrats, right? Ask yourself logically. All the actions the Democrats are doing, they have family. They have beloved spouses or wives. They have beloved grandchildren like Nancy Pelosi. They have, they have children. They have blood people who probably mean the world to them. Do they not realize that these actions are going to adversely harm them as well in the end? They can't believe it because that's not how they're thinking. They truly believe that what they are doing in creating this new world order and this new society is just. They truly believe that uh, Donald Trump is the, equa- is the equivalent of what Stalin was to Hitler, an enemy, a mortal enemy. So you know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, they, they really, really are out of touch in reality. They really believe that all of this is true and what they are doing is, is going to bring them to, to, to a better world in society. But hypothetically, because I don't think it'll get to that, if they really went through with it, they would only wind up like the Germans did in the end which was a country that was devastated and that was affected for decades afterwards, that was never fully rebuilt, and them following that sick ideology, following the leader Adolf Hitler, who promised the Germans a better life, he followed them into ruins. Anyone who is believing what these politicians on the left are peddling they're just going to follow them into ruins. And what they don't realize is, and I'll leave you with this last thing, is what happened in the end to a lot of the hierarchy of the Reich, of the Third Reich? Well, they were, they were affected. They lost everything. They lost their wealth. They lost their power. And they became fugitives, which a lot of them escaped to Latin American countries that offered them refuge, especially Argentina. So uh, I defer back to you, Robert. Well, and that's and that's the thing with a lot of these liberals, you know. I, I see on, on you know, on on Twitter when when I'm you know trying to have a you know a conversation with them, but it's uh, it's about you know it's kind of about uh, impossible to have uh, Trump derangement syndrome. It's just it's unbelievable. But I mean, yeah, they truly believe it. And the, the thing is, is these people are so scared to death. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I'm like, how did the American people become so afraid? I mean, they're they're like cowering in their homes, and they're so afraid. And again, I blame the media, the alphabet media. And the reason why I call them the alphabet media because it doesn't matter whether it's CNN, ABC, MSNBC, NBC, CB, you know, ABC, you know, whatever those alphabet you know channels, NPR. You know, whatever that alphabet media is, I mean, they they parrot each other almost with the exact words and phrases. But that's all these people watch. That's all they pay attention to. The and the New York Times, it's all they, you know, all they read. You know, the the newspaperville report, um, and, and that that's it. And that's where they get their their media, and they live in such a bubble, and and, and it's frightening. And these people there, they they do truly believe it. They do truly believe that, oh, my gosh, this is such an existential threat to us, even though if you look at the numbers, uh, the numbers, they, ju- they just don't play out. They don't. And, and the person on that audio clip we played in the beginning of the show uh, states, like, look, we have never – think of all this nation has been through 
in the 200 plus years that we've been through. And we ha- even with the and, and even with the you know uh, Spanish flu, right? Even when there was the Spanish flu, we didn't we didn't close down our economy. We didn't do that. We didn't close down our economy. But did we? Oh my God, the Bay of Pigs. We could get nuked at any moment. Did we close down our economy? No. World War Two? No. You know, when I mean, even with nine eleven. You know, when that happened, we didn't know what was going to happen after that. Did we shut down the economy? No. They shut down flights for for a period of time, but we didn't shut down all you know, all industries. I mean, the essential industries, which I find interesting that they don't think being able to buy a gun is essential uh, essential industry. Um, you, you know, but so it's, it just doesn't make it just doesn't make sense. Um, without that, you know, now whether, you know, and then of course, you know, if we were to talk about who's really to blame, I know a lot of people want to blame China. I think there's a lot of, there could be a lot of validity in that. I've got a couple articles we'll refer to about what China, you know, China has been up to while we're, uh, you know, handling this, you know, this virus. Remember folks, I mean, look more into that event 201. I heard more about that last, um, you know, just this past weekend, and it just, it's just—it's just amazing how, um, it's, you know, they—the the, the one they just did last year isn't the uh, the first one. And, and one thing I find interesting is I was kind of looking at their website. The event, the event uh, two hundred one has a website, and um, uh, yeah, it, does, it has a website, and we. Uh, I was looking at it and said, oh, these are some of our players. And you know what? Uh, we hear Bill Gates is a part of it. But if you look at the uh, the website, you don't see him as one of the players up there. At least, I mean, I didn't do a ton of digging, but I didn't see any. Um, I didn't see on there. Oh, we had Suzette on the line. Uh, well, she wasn't going to chime in, but I know she was on there. Uh, so it looks like we lost her call. Hey, maybe she's uh, dropped the call so she can uh, donate to my, uh, my fund and help them pay for the cremation. Uh, that I have there on the website, so maybe she's uh, got off the line to do that. That'd be that'd be great. Um, uh, but anyway, so as I as I stated earlier, if we we will no longer be the land of the free if we are no longer the home of the brave, and it just amazes me how many people are really really scared. You know, it, it's just it's unbelievable. I mean. And I have, and I get a large family. I know, I know a lot of people, and you know me. I'm not a, a, toot, a toot my own horn kind of person, but I know a lot of people, and I don't know anybody who personally knows someone who's died of the coronavirus. I don't know anybody. I ask people in my family, "Do you know anybody?" No, no. I ask some friends, "Do you know anybody who died of coronavirus?" No. Now, and I talked to one person who said he knows someone who's in the – or his wife is in the medical field, and so she says she knew like 31 people who at least got it. Well, I mean if you're in the medical field, and I'm not. I mean I don't even know anyone personally really that's that's a nurse or in the medical field or anything of that nature. Um, you know, but – you know, so so maybe that, that puts a different dynamic on it. Uh, but I don't know, just – when something like a pandemic, you know, or, or, or something that is like this this virus going along, when even that becomes it is politicized, 
that in and of itself makes me suspicious of it. And then actually, and again, I've been, I blame the media a lot. And one of the reasons why I blame the media a lot is, is you'll find this interesting. And um, again, you can find this on the Bars Logic uh, newsroom at www.barslogicpoliticaltalk.com. And this is an end. Um, let's see how long this article is. Yeah, I'm not going to read all this because this is a pretty long article. You can you can read all of it on there. So let me give you a little um, synopsis of it. You know, I'll read some of it and then uh, you know, kind of give you a flavor and then people can uh, read the rest. But it, um, it says uh, this is from the Federalist. It says a rundown major U.S. corporate media business ties to China. It says, despite the Chinese Communist Party a record of oppression, corporate media outlets are parroting, as uh, that's where I was, parroting the authoritarian government's propaganda, even in the midst of an outbreak, the CCP worsened through a cover-up. Many of those media outlets have financial ties to Chinese companies with intense oversight from the CCP. Says you often see representatives from American companies with financial ties to China naturally become defenders of the CCP's policies and spreading the CCP's uh, propaganda," said Helen Raleigh, uh, Raleigh, an author and senior contributor to the Fellows who emigrated from China. The financial tie means these Americans will be much less likely to challenge Chinese human rights record or unacceptably demand such as technology transfer. And then it just goes on, but uh, it starts to name uh, some people. It says Mexican billionaire Carlos Slim owns – you're going to find this interesting – is – and I do see other folks in the line. If you want to, we, we'd still got some time left to get callers. Push the one on your number dial. I'll get you into the show. Um, it says Mexican billionaire Carlos Slim owns 17.4% of the New York Times through the company's Class A shares. As the, long, uh, as the largest shareholder, his investment allows him to vote for approximately one third of the company's board. In 2009, Slim loaned $250 million to the New York Times company, the parent company of the New York Times. That same year, Slim purchased 15.9 million Class A shares of the company. Slim has regularly conducted business with Chinese companies with overt ties to the CCP. In 2017, Slim's giant motors joined ventures with China's JAC Motors and began manufacturing cars in Mexico to sell in the Latin American market. According to Forbes, the goal of selling to Latin America was to circumvent the Trump administration's trade policies aimed at protecting American jobs, a move that benefited the Beijing and the China, China's Americans' trade wars. As Bloomberg Law, uh, according to Bloomberg Law, Slim's company uh, America Mobile is teaming up with CCP telecommunications giant QA Technologies to pitch a, when we talked about this earlier tonight, 5G pilot project to the Colombian government this year. QI is actively working to undermine American security interests by overturning legislation in the United States that bans the use of Yuan's 5G networks. 
and then uh, that goes on. <clears throat> it says in 2013, Amazon CEO and billionaire Jeff Bezos purchased the Washington Post for $250 million in cash. In January 2016, Bezos laid out a new business plan for the Post amid, aimed at incorporating more technology. Bezos has direct, has direct ties to Chinese business markets, which is regulated by the CCP. The production of Amazon's most popular products, including the Amazon Echo and Kindle e-reader, take place almost exclusive in Chinese factories. According to Newsweek, Amazon's products are produced by Chinese laborers who work long hours with low pay and safety training. So there's, there's another one. And uh, another company says CNN, you know, one of our favorite, right, uh, right, guys and gals, our favorite, CNN, is owned and operated by Warner Media, which has significant financial and institutional ties to the CCP. In 2013, Warner Media announced it had forged a partnership with a Chinese investment fund in the tune of $50 million. The fund would directly invest in China Media Capital, CMC, a media company with oversight from the CCP, meaning it is subject to censorship and other demands to push Chinese propaganda. Warner Media considers China a partner in their economic and cinematic ventures. It says, increasing our global presence is one of Time Warner's strategic priorities, and China is one of the most attractive territories in which we operate, but it's uncomplex. This alliance will give our business a savvy and accomplished partner, said Warner Media Chairman and Chief Executive uh, Jeff uh, Bukes. So let's see. So, we, you know, same. Oh, look, both MSNBC and NBC. Uh, news are operated by NBC Universal, a company with extensive financial ties to the CCP. In November 2010, NBC signaled an agreement with China's state-run media organization, Xunhao, to establish a business cooperation in international broadcast news. This was the latest market expansion by the CCP into American media. In 2015, NBC Universal agreed to license the Chinese tech company Baidu's new video platform, and they give the name of the platform. So now, now we got NBC. And look, ABC. Uh, it says the most obvious business ties between the American broadcast company and China are through their ventures with Walt Disney and ESPN. Both companies have deep-rooted financial stakes in Chinese economy controlled by the CCP. In November 2009, government approved plans to create a Disney World theme park in Shanghai. The project cost approximately $3.6 trillion uh, with financial uh, help from several large Chinese state-owned enterprises. After construction was completed, Disney only retained 43% of the property, while the Communist Party-controlled Shanghai Shindy Group took the remaining 57%. Oh, this might surprise some people. ESPN, another entity of ABC, was caught doing the bidding of the Chinese government in October 2019. When the NBA controversially refused to denounce the CCP for financial benefit, 
ESPN stood with the NBA to keep financial revenue on track for the 2019 fiscal year. Okay, so that's another one. Let's see. Bloomberg. Ah, former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg and his company Bloomberg LP are heavily invested in China. Bloomberg LP sells terminals to their website through the Chinese market and helps financial finance Chinese companies by sending billions of dollars from U.S. investors to the Chinese bond market. Bloomberg LP supported 364 Chinese firms and, directly approx- and directed approximately $150 billion into their bond offerings. Um, of these companies, 159 were controlled by the CCP. So we've got Bloomberg. And that's the end of the article. I didn't read all of it, obviously. Um, but definitely got a lot of folks who would explain why uh, they are um, hoping that, you know, and their stances against, or not against, their stances with China. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't do, you know, we, we shouldn't have done, um, You know, China, China, you know, business with China. I mean, I would love for us to have a good relationship with China. I would love for us to have a good relationship with uh, with Russia. I think it would be beneficial if we can have, you know, good relations with both. I think it would be I think it would be great. I think a lot of these places are kowtowing to China because they're like, hey, look, people got like a billion plus people. Think of all those possible consumers. And they see dollar signs. You know those little cartoons where people see dollar signs in people's eyes? I think what that's what these people are doing. But the thing is, is you know, and, and that's the problem with these folks, is that they're, they're certainly – and that's probably why they hate Trump – is you know, they're certainly not America first. I mean, that's for, I mean that's for certain. They're definitely putting their pocketbook you know, ahead of the interests of America. I mean that's that's one of the problems a lot of folks have with multi corporate multinational corporations is because they really don't care. And my thing is is when you have the media when you have the American media, okay, what what do they call it? The the fourth arm or the fourth pillar or something like that. Um the fourth estate or whatever they call the media. And when you have it uh when you have uh, – I, I hate when I get pop-up emails. It distracts me. That, that happens to me at work all the time. Um, but when you have you know, the media, who you have – at this point, half the nation you know, pays attention to, uh, and, and they're you know, propagandizing for another nation because they got all this money tied into them, that's, that's – I, I think that's dangerous i mean i don't know if that's something that you know, and we'll bring it to the the panel here and again if other folks if you'd like to t- chime in on any of this um uh feel free to push one on your number dial and i'll get you into the show and you know what i haven't heard from john for a while that's i hope he's okay uh, you know after the oh yeah actually gets me worried now to think about it because i haven't i haven't heard from john i haven't heard from john on this show since the coronavirus started that kind of that kind of worries me. Now, now that I think about it, I have not heard from him. He, he used to call into the show almost every week and talk to the show almost every week. But it seemed like after the coronavirus, we stopped hearing from him. Well, John, if you're listening to the podcast, you're out there. Um, 
you know, we're thinking about you, concerned about you. So hopefully uh, you're okay. Gosh, you know. But anyway, so we'll open it up to uh, you, Joseph, and then Kelly. Uh, I've got just, you know, one more article for the for the evening. Uh, sorry if I seem to be losing my voice, but apparently I'm getting some starting to – anyway. <laughs> starting to get affected by it. Uh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Joseph. Uh, thank you, Robert. Actually, a stunning revelation came out of New York today from Governor Cuomo, and the models that he put up showed that 66% of all New Yorkers who stay at home were at high, are, are at high risk of contacting COVID, and he actually admitted it, which actually refutes the whole uh, mantra of uh, – Imposing all of these uh, mandates and stripping New Yorkers of their uh, civil and constitutional rights. And he finally admitted that the models are showing that 66% of people who stayed at home are at high risk, or the majority of those are the ones that contracted the virus and then had to go to an ER or had to be hospitalized. Absolutely, yes. And also, my heart goes out that uh, hairstylist in Dallas, of all places, you would think uh, a red state, well, Dallas is is coming close yeah. to turning blue. Anyways, so what happened was she decided to defy. It is a tragedy, and, and wait till you wait till you hear this. She decided to defy the count uh, the county she was in in the city of Dallas, and she decided to open up. They arrested her. And the judge says, if you agree in this court of law, in my presence, and you go on the record in saying that your actions were selfish, I will grant you mercy, and I will let you go. And she responded, I have nothing to apologize for. All all I was doing was trying to provide for my family. So he sentenced her to jail, and uh, they're going to take that matter up to the Supreme Court. Can you imagine a judge being so self a judge wanting to hear someone grovel, basically get on her knees almost as if he was some god or something like that? I mean, it's sad for a judge to abuse his authority in the worst way. Instead, what he should have done was just said, okay, look, here's the fine. Don't do it again and have a good day. And if we would have been saying this five years ago, most people would have said that's inconceivable. Dallas, one of the reddest states and reddest cities of all? No, but, you know, the demographics have shown that Texas is getting pretty close to becoming blue. It has been over the past few years. And so those are just two of the revelations I wanted to uh, share with you, and I'll make one more point to it. So the Dems argue that their justification for releasing inmates some who were even very violent uh, prisoners who went to jail for murder. Their argument was we needed to release them because if we keep them confined in tight areas in the prison systems, it could risk spreading COVID-19 to the the majority of the population. But the double standard is you're going to arrest someone for not wearing a mask. You're going to arrest someone in California because there was a heat wave last week and they couldn't afford air conditioning, and they dare defied Gary Gary Newsom's order 
and they wanted to just you know be able to cool down in in the uh, in the water of uh, the beaches of California, or that poor woman who because she wouldn't grovel beyond uh, you know in front of the judge and say that she was selfish, which last I right. heard there's no law that stipulates that the judge can even do that. If there isn't whatsoever, I mean that 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 just shows you that it makes no sense what the left is pushing. So, so release the violent inmate, but arrest those who defy our decrees. Is basically what they're doing. Yeah, well, that's liberal hypocrisy for you. Yeah, that's definitely liberal hypocrisy for you. It's 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 unbelievable. It's a, it, the the liberal hypocrisy knows no bounds. It really it really doesn't. Just like what I, I seen something the other day where, where Cuomo was putting out this, uh, you know, you could actually kill somebody if you don't wear a mask. And he walks on stage, not with, when he walks on stage to do his report over, no mask. So he, he didn't even have one, like, walking from the stage to his seat. And the, there was people on, on his right and on his left, and they may have been six feet apart. It might look like they were, but he wasn't wearing a mask. So here he is touting. Oh yeah, wear a mask. Wear a mask. And I've never seen Cuomo. I've never seen Cuomo wearing a mask. And what about his brother, who went? You know, who was actually uh, went outside and he was actually still uh, inflicted. He wasn't cured yet, or whatever. Or it went away with with the COVID. So what? What? What about that? These guys are all. These guys are all just raging hypocrites. You know, they're just raging hypocrites. But you know who is an exemplary model to follow? You know who's done the most astonishing job? I think out of every other every other governor is Governor DeSantis. I mean, the way he has conducted this whole lockdown and reopening the state, which Florida is actually one of the most uh, is one of the largest states with one of the largest populations. I mean, that 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 is the exemplary model, in my opinion, is is Governor DeSantis. My hat my hats off to him. He's done a phenomenal job in the whole process. And if more governors would just fall in line with DeSantis, we 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 would be in a very good shape. And uh, one more thing, I agree with uh, the Senate, and I agree with uh, Trump that we should not be bailing out failed blue states. We should not be bailing out these states that were already failing for decades because of failed leadership. I don't. I, I don't think that's where taxpayer dollars should be going. And I, I wanted to know what your thoughts were about that, because that seems to be a new hot topic debate, Robert. And what your thoughts are about that, uh, Kelly? Being that we both live in two uh, really, really deep, deep blue states. But I agree, we should, because then we're sending the wrong message. We're basically sending the same message that we've been sending to Puerto Rico for over 40 years. Sure, you could have the best of both worlds. You could be a United States citizen mm-hmm. from the moment that you're born as a birthright, but you don't have to become a state. But, you know, uh, we're going to continue bailing you out uh, after right. decades of fiscal mismanagement, which led to their bankruptcy. So the same thing is why should we be bailing out the blue states that have poorly mismanaged their state for, for decades? Why? They, they don't deserve to be rewarded well, for that. Uh, We'd be sending Through what I read, the Republicans in the House and Senate are getting ready to do just that. I seen that. Yeah, I just seen that tonight. That uh, they're actually thinking about doing it. I think they should. What do you think, Kelly? Do you think they should pay for them? 
to know what Kelly thought. I think they should, but uh, what, what do you think about that? Um, it's going to be a very interesting thing. Um, Trump's probably going to have to, well, Trump and or Congress, because really Congress makes that decision. They probably need a decision matrix. For example, um, California, we have, um, this is several weeks ago, but New York compared to California, 18 times more infection rates. That's from CDC and based on population that in, in cases per million, New York is 18 times more than California. Now, if there's a, a decision matrix, how much should the federal government give to California? Well, did California manage it well, or were they terribly, chronically irresponsible? I mean, a good parent's not just going to throw money at their grown-up child for being irresponsible, or at least I would, I would hope that's how government runs. Um, so I could see some states getting money, some states not. I did read. Oh, the, real the quick, real, real quick, Kelly. Real, real quick, Kelly. Uh, just want to let them know. Uh, Eric at eight four five. I'll be uh, bringing to our our green room. Uh, get your name, and then we'll uh, get you into the show. Uh, Eric at uh, eight four five. So if you lose the audio for a little bit, it's just be uh, get you to our green room for I can get uh, that information. Go ahead, Kelly. So I did see that the San Francisco Bay Area was trying to house, if I remember right, um, like 5,700 homeless people. Well, okay, it was more like 5,000 homeless plus um, 700 essential medical workers so they don't have to go home. The cost is like $56 million a month. And then um, FEMA looked like was going to give to California to San Francisco Bay Area was going to give um, like anywhere from twenty to forty million dollars a month to house all these people in hotels. And you're like, what? Yeah. Anyway, um, and the way government works, it's so slow. Um, they had they had successfully placed like a thousand people. This was a couple of weeks ago. I don't know what the present state is, but it's kind of amusing because by the time the government red tape bureaucracy kicks in, the whole thing will be over. <laughs> and so, but there's another thing about California. Trump put a stop to um, when there was these wildfires. Trump would, uh, well, Obama would just write check, checks. It was supposed to help individuals, you know, from FEMA. It was supposed to help individuals, cities and counties that have been affected. But with the, the huge um, um, fire in Butte County, where what was the number? Fourteen thousand homes got burned. Um, wow. Trump showed up and said, "Hey, uh, we're writing checks to the individual, the county." Or the city. We're not just giving a check to the California government because they put it in the general slush fund and they don't help cities, counties, or individuals. And I actually knew uh, somebody that had a $25,000 check um, from FEMA, kind of reorganized her life, and she ended up moving way up here in Tuskegee County. But anyway, so Oroville Dam is a big problem. They had to evacuate. 
they give evacuations warnings because the Oroville Dam was getting quite high with water and there were structural concerns. So tens of thousands of people had to be evacuated, but then, okay, everything's fine. Water level went back down. And Jerry Brown says, hey, we'd like some more money from the for the Oroville Dam. Trump said, no. <laughs> Are you out of your mind? You blew that money in your general fund over and over. So I would hope that there's some decision matrix. How has the history been? You know, or do you want to put it into a blue state and throw it into social programs? And come on. So yeah, it's all going to be interesting how this plays out. Maybe Trump will say like, "Yeah, here, as long as you track every penny," and then these blue states are throwing money at social programs, and they should be helping the unemployed and you know more needy than than their normal social programs or. They're using federal monies just to balance their their budget in the general fund. It's going to be interesting. So I would hope there's common sense to carefully look state by state, develop a matrix, um, et cetera. Um, I'm beginning to wonder. I'm going to have to start studying some economic analysis of how how is this going to throw us into a Great Depression or is it? We're going to pull out of it fast enough that we don't crash. I don't know. Will our economy be roaring by November, or will it be a disaster by November? Um, will well, it, it depends, be kind of depends on how long the shutdown goes on. Right. Depends how long they keep the shutdown going. And and I, get, I do got Mike on the line uh, from New York, uh, and he's from one of those states, and he uh, has some comments on that. So let's go ahead and welcome uh, Mike. Uh, into the show. Thank you very much, uh, Mike, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? No, pretty good. How's everybody doing? Um, one thing that I got to remind everybody, everybody, you know, I think the media has done a good job at clouding everybody's minds as far as in keeping facts and keeping a block diagram. When, when Cuomo and the rest of these people keep saying, well, and the media keeps saying it, the federal government, oh, Trump's not giving us money with, look it up from last summer, New York, New York state was $6 billion in the hole. Got a six billion dollar deficit to begin with before we even got into the coronavirus. Now I think it's over double. Now the federal government has stepped in and they said, "Yes, we're going to take care of the corona stuff. We're working with you on that. We're paying the costs for the National Guard and everything else." New York's padding it. What they're doing is they activated under state active duty their militia. It's called the State Guard, and they activated these guys and they've got them deployed in different places doing different jobs. But in many cases, like upstate where they sent because there's some flooding, I just talked to one of the guys up there. They're sitting on their asses in the hotel rooms. Well, that money, they're expecting the federal money to pay for the catered meals, the hotel rooms, and their pay to compensate the state for it. And they think that this is going to give them the ability, Cuomo and the rest of them, to reach into the federal pocket and say, well, we already had a deficit of $6 billion last summer, but we could make it up right now if we just keep screaming bloody murder and the American people will back us. We can get Congress to give us the money and make up, what, for your incompetence over the years because you decided to give free college tuition to illegal aliens and to prisoners and to some of your social activist bull that you've, you've promoted out there that have cost the taxpayers in New York – Millions and billions of dollars, and now all of a sudden you expect the people in the United States across the nation to all chip in and pay for your failures? No, no. 
No, you did it. You own it. You take responsibility. What are you going to do? Double tax your, your uh, constituents, the people in New York, and then pay for what you did? See if you get reelected after that comes out. Your failures. Don't let the federal government hide them. So this is a whole thing about it, about when these states like California and New York say, well, the money, the money. No. They put it in the general fund, just as the other gentleman said. They wash it, and then they play with it and do whatever they want. Homo says, no, we want to do our own, um, the tests and everything, and control the tests. We'll take, we'll take the money to control the tests. Yeah, right. The minute I hear that, that goes in the general fund. It's nothing but a game. And they expect the federal government to pay the bill, and it's wrong. You know, they'll pay for the corona stuff. Not everything that happened before it. The state should be on the, on the hook for their own bills. That's six billion, six point, whatever it is, they're responsible for that, not the rest of the United States. That's what a lot of us feel over here. Well, I'd say, well just like this, yeah, just like this article here, um, you know, about uh, California. Speaking of California, this is burn my backside. Is, is and I'm not going to read the article, but basically um, says court agrees Newsom plan to give taxpayer money to illegal aliens, likely illegal, but allows it to proceed anyway. So here yeah. you got a guy, $80 million of taxpayers' money to pay for illegal aliens. And that's, that's happening in California. Yeah. And now that will help put the state in debt. And then what's the state going to do? Go to the federal government and say, here, you make up for all of our decisions and all of our failures and everything. Pay us. No. Why should the people in Rhode Island or Texas or anything be responsible or have to pay any of their – some of that's their money. So they have to pay for the incompetence? Because of the idiots that were elected in California and New York? No. No. They voted them in. Let them hug them. Yeah, I don't, I don't think – yeah, I, I think, you know, if you're going to give them money – I think you mentioned this, Kelly. If, if you're going to give them money, then what they need to do is highly monitor it, see where this money is being spent, and say, look, if we're going to give you any money – it's got to be spent on the coronavirus, on how your state has been affected by coronavirus. It's not to bail you out of your pensions. It's not so that you can pay more illegal uh, people money, you know, who are non-citizens. Right. You know, so they really need to track that. But you know, where the American people say, who do you really represent? You know, I mean, it's just like the Democrats with, with you know, with China, defending China. Now, you know, uh, my jury is a little bit still out on that because, I mean, I hear from a – uh, a group called the LaRouche uh, Pact, the LaRouche Foundation, and, you know, uh, they think a lot of this stuff about China is overblown, but, uh, you know, but you, but you hear the Democrats who, again, they want to spend more time doing an investigation of Trump instead of actually trying to find out where, you know, the the Wuhan virus came from or the, the coronavirus came from. It's ridiculous. You know, Robert, the the caller that just called from New York, uh, what's his name? Mike. Mike. I'm here. Yeah. I'm originally from Queens, New York, actually. You know, you just made me think of something um, that I didn't think of before, and I absolutely agree with everything you said wholeheartedly. You know, the rest of the country should not have to suffer for the incompetence of uh, other uh, politicians in other places, but... I do agree that it should be COVID-related, but what do you think? I want to ask everyone on the panel, including you, Robert. I think that Trump and the 
task force needs to come up with a contingency plan because I see the scenario of what happens to those governors like Cuomo and Newsom who receive the COVID money and they still continue to mismanage it. So, but what's, what's the contingency plan? Because then if you penalize by withdrawing the funds, it's going to inadvertently affect millions of, of New Yorkers or Californians who are just, they're, 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 they're going to basically be paying for the sins of failed leadership. No, so what they end up what doing is they leave the state. We've seen it. I see it right here. I've seen it with neighbors, people that are selling their houses and leaving the state. I'm up here by Indian Point. You know, you said you were by Queens. You know where I am. Up here. And now that one of the, last Thursday, last Thursday they shut down reactor number two of Indian Point. That was part of the deal that Cuomo did where he agreed he would actually pushed it to shut down the nuclear plant without any contingency plan whatsoever. So they've got no way to make up the energy from that. So now the taxes and everything in this region, the electricity, everything is going to start shooting through the roof. People are afraid. People are losing their jobs. One school district lost over a third of their money right away because of what came from energy from the company that was running it. People are out of work. People are, so now all of this, what they do is when there are failures like this from the politicians and everything else, they sell their houses and they move. They leave. Unfortunately, a lot of our more liberal friends, they take their liberal attitudes and their baggage with them to other states that don't have the problems. And they say, we have to fix this. We're going to bring enlightenment and, and, and unicorns and rainbows to these poor, ignorant slobs who listen to country western music. Watch what we can do to fix it. And then they proceed to spread their way of life and their beliefs down someplace that didn't have any problems before. Texas. But anyways, uh, they leave the state and they leave it at a huge rate. You've seen by the articles how many people have left New York. They said, that's it. I can't take it anymore. Between the taxes, the crime and everything else, I'm gone. So then what's left? Now, if it's blatant and you really, they should look into uh, the fraud, then you get the, uh, the FBI involved and you start doing investigations into these politicians and start locking them up. Start cleaning house, and that's a big option. And and we started doing it with like Sheldon Silver when we locked him up. But the, the courts, since they had the courts stacked, and he basically got away with a lot. And he admitted in front of the judge, if you remember the case, uh, he admitted he said that's standard operating business. I mean, that's how business works in New York is bribes and kickbacks. That's normal. It is. Maybe in New York, not in the rest of the world. So. Yeah, there's contingency planners come in, investigate, find the fraud, lock them up, you know, for their failures. Get them out of office. Take them out of office, you know, like that, the right way. For the New Yorkers that won't have the ability financially to pick up and go, those are the ones that are going to be affected most. They're they're going to be be going to suffer. Yeah, they're going to suffer. I know people that have actually literally taken what they have and gone on a trailways. Well, now it's, I don't know what the name brand is, but a bus back in the old days. and just said, that's it. I'm going west. I'm moving. I've had it. You know, you don't Kinda have a house. You I don't have anything. Saying. Yeah. You leave. Yeah, I, w- I, was, I was actually telling Robert uh, last week that if, if this economy doesn't start opening up where I'm living now in Hawaii, I'm originally from Elmhurst, New York. Um, but I was telling Robert, if they don't start opening up by end of June, July, 
I'm going to have no choice but to go to another place. I'm going to have to leave the place that I love so much. Why? I'm yeah. going to be left with no choice because it's either that or I drain whatever I have left of my money and I wind up in the streets or I just move to another prosperous place that's uh, already almost fully reopened and they're ready to go. What, what choice will I have? I have no choice. No. Hawaii is nice, but I mean, it, it, there's only so much, depending on what you do for a living. And you know, some of these living in some of these places, like living in Disneyland, where you're living in a, in a resort area, whether it's Vail, Colorado or anything else, you're living in Disneyland. And if something happens to that economy of that place, Mickey Mouse is no longer there. You can't find him anymore. That place is going to turn, it'll, it'll turn dangerous fast. And I, I know Hawaii. I used to work for 11 years. I played, I worked in, in Hawaii. Uh, I used to work a festival in Ala Moana Park. Every year I'd fly over there. So I, I wanted to move there, but we ended up deciding not to. So I know, I know sort of what you're going through over there. It's beautiful. But that really can change. pandemic has opened my eyes. In so many ways, it's it's taught me, Robert and and, uh, Kelly, that uh, all this time I've I've had a great job, which has been able to sustain me in the hospitality industry for two and a half years I've been uh, since I moved to Hawaii. And one lesson I learned the hard way is all this time I thought I had financial security. No, I learned that it could be taken away, just like you were saying, especially in Hawaii if the if the economy caves, I learned that it could be just taken away just like that. And yep. that's what's happened to me and millions of other people uh, across Hawaii. And actually, we have the highest unemployment rate than any other state in, in, in the country. So I learned the hard way that thinking, hey, I'm bringing in the dough. Hey, I became complacent two and a half years of everything going great. And just like that, on March the 15th, my world and I think millions of other people's world just got knocked down upside down the other way around and just made us all realize that thinking we were financially stable and we were set, no, we were not. And it could be taken away at any time just at the, at the flip of a switch. And that's why I think it's ridiculous for people to, you know, who are saying that, oh, well, before we open up, we need to – uh, have a vaccine, or I mean, there's some idiots on Twitter who are like, "Oh, well, we got to make sure that no one is is, is getting uh, COVID-19 before we open up the the economy." I'm like, "Are you a nut? It's it's just it's it's crazy how 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 nutty these people are." And I I, mean, I don't like to be den I don't want to denigrate anybody, but it is it's just it's 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 crazy. Oh my gosh! Really? If one person dies from this, we can't we can't everything. It's like. Really? That's stupid. That just doesn't make sense. These people are no. out of their minds. You know what it is? They've created a society that's full of paranoia. These people are afraid of their own shadows. They've learned to rely on the government and everything else to tell them what to do and when to wipe their ass. Enough. Enough of it. They're helpless. I mean, I mentioned to it a long time ago when I called on your show. My wife and I were in the middle of a Northridge earthquake. I was awake. I was putting out a cigarette when that thing hit. And we were right, we were Granada Hills, right next to Northridge. We were right there. With that thing in the wow. middle of it, and uh, and you know what I saw firsthand, firsthand how helpless I, it was almost like sitting back and analyzing it like watching a movie. Um, how helpless these people are that people that live next to have neighbors in in apartment buildings and everything they live next to them ten fifteen years didn't even know what the person's first name was. 
people that they they never thought ahead or anything. And I'm not talking survivalists start stocking up with no, but common sense abilities, being able to survive, being able to think things out, being able no, these people are helpless that are out there today. And this is the society they've created. The schools, they don't teach history. They don't teach, what do these kids have? They've turned on everything, even Boy Scouts of America. So what background do these kids have, even for basic, do you think how many, how many people, if they had to, if you dropped them in the middle of the woods, it's the old saying, of, can you fish? Can you hunt? How can you provide? There's no markets. What are you going to eat? Leaves? Who are you? How can you actually survive in something like that? I had one of my neighbors, I I think I told you this one. It was a rabid anti-gun, and I'm a Second Amendment guy. I've got a full carry in New York, which not easy to get, but it's testimony to my background. So that way you know that I'm not some wacko. That uh, I mean, they go through your background pretty pretty comprehensive. Okay, anyway, and he told me a week before um, the earthquake the, the earthquake hit, he said that you as a gun owner, you're part of the problem in America. You're the plague on American society. You gun owners, you people are. Okay, I know the guy was a rabid anti-gun wacko and whatever. You know what? God bless you. Good luck to you. All right, so when the Northwood quake hits, we had gang members looting coming through our neighborhoods in pickup trucks. And yes, they were gang members. Oh, how do you know? You have to be considerate. Oh, you know, I'd say that like barbed wire tattooed around your neck and T-shirts and they look, yeah, it was a, it's a good indicator that these were not Mormons. Okay, so we called the police. It took a while to get through, get through to Devonshire Division, uh, and which the police said, you know, we can't help you. Try Foothill Division, which give me a break. That's way down San Fernando Road. Uh, that's far, but okay. So another hour goes by. Apparently, some of the cell towers were still up back then. The phone was built in between the seats. If you remember those old cell phones and um, yes, I'm old. And so anyways, we get through and all the neighbors are crowded around my car and we're listening in a comp answered the phone. And he said, we can't even get a cruiser anywhere near you. And he said, uh, he said, if you can get a license plate number and stay away from her. I said, are you kidding me? And he said, listen to me carefully. Can you defend yourself? I said, yes, I can. And he said, do you understand what I'm saying? I said, I think I do. And he said, if you have no other choice, do what you have to do and call us when you're finished. Do you understand me? I said, yes, wow. unfortunately I do. And he said, good luck to you. I said, thank you very much. We hung up and nobody said a word. None of the neighbors. There must have been six or eight of us standing around there. And wow. uh, I'd say a few hours after that, that rabid, rabid anti-gun neighbor of mine came over to my house. Uh, Mike, um, is there any way that, do, do you have a, uh, I know we talked about guns before, but uh, do you have a shotgun or something I could borrow from you? Because in light of what's going on, I, I said, wait a minute, I'm not being a jerk about this, but you're the one that called me a plague on American society. And all of a sudden you understand what the second amendment means. And he's, he's started to <laughs> That's get, what it happened. He started to get pissed. I said, now I'll tell you what, I'm not really, I'm not being a jerk about this at all. You know, nothing about firearms, how to load it or anything, gun safety, or you really think that I'm going to give you ammunition in any type of firearm. Well, you know nothing about yeah. it. just to make you feel safe. No, no, I'm not going to give you anything. And yeah, I, who's I, to I, say what? Know, turn it on you, jeez. No. So, anyways, he never spoke to me again for the rest of the time that we lived there. But I've seen liberals change. I've seen them firsthand, and it's not pretty. When they realize that the foundation of their beliefs, everything that they stood for, everything they've been trained, taught, 
everything that they learned. And wait a minute, it's all been a lie. This is the real world, and it sucks. What just was served to me on my dinner table, this is the real world, and it's not good. Uh, yeah, you're responsible for your own. It's called accountability. And whether it's the COVID or it's any other type of disaster that faces this society is not prepared for it. The people are not prepared. The majority of them are, at least I'm, I think. So, uh, God, sorry to rant, guys. Sorry, I feel like I'm on a social Oh, no, it's okay. It's good to have you back on the show. Yeah, I do see I've got about um, ten, you know, 10 minutes left literally of the show, and I take about three minutes of that for our closing um, song there, and then I want to take uh, a couple of minutes after that. So we've got uh, – uh, the three, of, well, four of us actually on the call. Uh, there's about, let's see, five, about four minutes. Each person's got about a minute left. So, unfortunately, we'll have to do uh, some closing comments, and then I'll have to close things out for tonight. Definitely thank everyone for coming on. Um, we did have somebody from Georgia called in earlier, but uh, uh, after I tried, that, that's how I can, that's how I know uh, whether they're serious or not. Because, Mike, well, when I do the, the green room, and I offer to just get someone's name. Uh, if they don't, if they don't last, then I know they probably are, aren't wanting to say anything serious. Because uh, we've had a few people uh, troll on here and come on and say some like, prof, you know, profane stuff or whatever. But um, but uh, I, you know, it'd be interesting to talk to to them too. But I think it's talking, you know, be respectful. But anyway, so what we'll do is we'll take um, you know, again. Uh, about a minute or so, minute twenty seconds uh, for each person to do any closing comments, and I'll have to close things out for. So I, I reached out to, and I don't know. I was kind of spur of the moment, so I, I I was hoping to be able to hear from Rosa Corey. Uh, we've had her on the ship before. She specializes in uh, Agenda Twenty One. She wrote you know some books on it. She's actually recently on uh, a Glenn Beck's program. And uh, she was on here, gosh, back in 2015. So it's been some years since she's been on the show. Uh, but I did reach back out to her just literally a couple of days ago. I haven't heard from anything yet. But um, as I said, it was no short notice. But we're hoping maybe if I hear from her by next week, we'll be able to get her back on the show. Again, it's been been some years, but, man, it just goes by so fast. I can't believe we're, we're in our eighth year here at Bard's Logic. I can't believe it. But anyway, um, it's not my turn to talk. It's your your folks. So let's go ahead and get the, uh, our closing comments on tonight's topics, and then I'll have to close things out. So we'll do you, yourself, Joseph, and then Kelly, and then we'll finish uh, the closing comments with you, Mike, and then I'll have to close off. And now because of my diatribe, we probably only have about a minute each person. So uh, go, ahead, jo- um, go ahead, Joseph. Uh, as I said every week, uh, only time will tell. Uh, all we can do is take it one day at a time. Uh, each week uh, comes different revelations. Uh, everything that is uh, affecting our country is, uh, you know, coming on a on a not even just a daily basis, but sometimes even a four or five hour window. So, uh, you know, let's see where we are again next week. And uh, as always, I hope uh, for the better, not for the worse. And uh, God bless you all. Always a uh, pleasure uh, and privilege and honor to be on the show. And everyone uh, stay safe. Thank you. Well, thank you much, Jess. I appreciate it. You have a good week. And uh, hopefully they'll start actually opening some things up so, you know, you can get things back in line for you. Uh, go ahead, uh, Kelly. Yeah, I'm glad Mike called in. From, um, yeah, I sure wonder what he thinks about. I don't know if you got to watch the listen to the video we had at the beginning, but uh, 
what what Mike knows about the New World Order and, you know, another thing, test run, I believe that, but they do have plans, the New World Order, Deep State, et cetera. Um, they keep getting thwarted. I mean, they can do, they can plan to do what they want. It's like somebody wanting to sell a $300,000 house for a million. Yeah, you can want that all you want. It ain't going to happen, but these American people stopping them for, for how long? And, uh, yeah, enjoy the show, and I uh, hope Mike and others keep calling in. And, uh, just, yeah, I guess that's about it. Good night, everybody. Yeah, Kelly, I appreciate it. Um, I'm sure we'll talk throughout the week and uh, the next week, uh, too. Go ahead, Mike. I've, I've talked too much. I've spoken too much tonight, so why don't you take the remaining time? It's your show, and, and I'll try to call in next time when I see you again. I'm, I'm glad I found you again tonight, and I wish you all the best. Great. Well, Thanks. we're all- we're on, we're on every Wednesday, so it's the uh, same call-in number uh, every Wednesday at, uh, you know, 10 p- we start at 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern time every Wednesday. Uh, you know, we're on, so you always can find us. Um, so now, it's certainly uh, great to have you on uh, and hear from you again. So, but yeah, so I'll, you know, close things up for tonight. Uh, again, hopefully we'll have Rosa Cora on uh, next week. Of course, it, there's always something uh, new that I'm sure that we'll have uh, to talk about. You know, we're, you know, one thing for a talk about with her is, you know, uh, not quite Agenda 21, but it'll be, you know, Event 201 and how eh, maybe this is something that was more planned to, to kind of test the waters to see how the not just the American people, but the world will react with having just all the lockdown uh, that it's had to see, you know, to see if the globalists really are at a point where they control us the way that, that they want to plan uh so we'll probably talk about that, of course, other topics next week. Um, I do want to uh, ask folks to definitely check out the website, not only for the articles uh, that uh, you could finish reading tonight uh, from tonight's show, but also uh, if you'd be so kind to visit the gift page. I do have a family I'm trying to help out. One of uh, my uh, correspondents uh, in Asia, and that's in the Philippines. Uh, we have one in uh, and he didn't call in tonight. Mike from uh, Singapore didn't call in tonight, so hopefully we'll hear from him soon. Uh, but I do uh, – she doesn't call on the show, but she does uh, give me some information on uh, what's going on. And i tell you what, you talk about lockdowns. I mean, it's it, it's it's definitely fierce, uh, the Philippines, what they're doing uh, with their lockdown there. It's, it's almost militant-like uh, through what I've heard uh, there. With that, actually, have to have passes, and if you're a certain age, you can't go outside, and it's, it's crazy over there. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't want to be there. I mean, they, they have food, you know. Or they're rationing out food and stuff like that. Uh, but anyway, if you could visit the, the, the give page, I do have a family I'm helping out there. Uh, my correspondent's uh, mom uh, recently passed away unexpectedly. She was only 44 years old um, from a newly discovered complications from a newly discovered uh, hole in her heart. And she passed away. And um, they, they took, actually had to take out a loan for the cremation. And, and so I want to help them uh, to. Uh, you know, you know, repay back that loan because unlike here where they give you a oodles of time to pay anything like that, um, I was informed that they gave them two months <laughs> in order in order to pay that back. So you can find out more details on the uh, website by going to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'll say it today. I mean, I've never seen remains from a cremation before until last night. It definitely doubled uh, my thought that, you know what, I, I don't think I'd ever want to go that route because here you are. You, I was looking at that urn, and I was looking at, at the contents, and I'm thinking, that's a person in there. 
That's really a person inside that that one and a half one foot, the one and a half foot urn, and like everything you were on your whole body, everything your whole body was, your hair, your bone, just it's just it's in this little thing. It's it's, it's definitely going to get frozen. Definitely not going to do that. Um, but anyway, I will end tonight as I do uh, most nights, and that is by the song by Aubrey Ashburn. So yes, definitely check out. Um, that if you are able to contribute or at least share the link so others could do that. Um, of course, you're not only helping the fan out, uh, family out, but you know you'll be helping the host out because it is really something I really want to be able to do for them. Um, so I'd really and you'd get my appreciation for it, whatever that's worth uh, for that. Um, and that you can go to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk. Uh, but anyway, well, here's the song by Aubrey Ashburn. She's doing uh, art now. Uh, but she was also on the show some years ago when we first started. Uh, but here uh, you can hear uh, her uh, her music and her voice, which uh, is always soothing after a uh, a good uh, three-hour show. So take care, folks. Good night, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Mm-hmm. 